So anyway, me and Owen were just in-depthly discussing um, the American... Car- <laughs> uh, uh, America pulling out of Afghanistan. And uh, just like... So I've got a lot to say about that because as far as being a COVID expert, I also know everything about the Middle Eastern politics. Excellent. The only thing I will say, which I think you can leave this in because this is what the Chinese... Did you hear what the Chinese media said about it? No. <laughs> they said that the America left Afghanistan easier than they changed president. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> and that's all the politics you're going to hear today. <laughs> now on to pop punk. <laughs> yes. And that's the intro. That's the intro. Please cut that out. Uh, <laughs> seriously? Oh, shit. I just spoke myself. I think that was fine. Yeah, I think it is fine. I don't think it's actually controversial because Chinese media said it. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thomas, how are you? I am pretty good, man. I am in your house drinking for the second day in a row. I just went home for a quick nap and a shower, and here I am again. Yeah, I'm feeling good here. Wait, me and Thomas went to the pub last night. Mm, I went to Blake's Bar, a bar in my own hometown, which I've never been into, because I was told it's an old man's pub, and it is absolutely lovely, and I really regret that I've never been to it before. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's a fucking sweet spot. I think my f- fifth time in a pub this year, uh, That at is most. my... Only, that's only my second, maybe even my first. I don't think I've been in a pub this year. No, I have. It's only my third, actually, I think. But I don't. I wasn't really properly in a pub. Was I, like, I was in like a, I'm getting a meal and I had a pint. It's the first time ever like just going to the pub. No yeah. meal, no nothing, you know? I'm not even sure if it is my first time I think about it. I went to, like I went to, um, what do you call it? What's the one on the square? Uh, brewery. The brewery. I was there twice, but I was sitting outside both times, so it was like... Yeah, we went to the inside. We've got our vaccine passports. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. You see about this joke of a vaccine, right? <laughs> I'm joking. We're fully vaxxed and waxed, baby. Um, I've been vaxxed, daddy. Vax me, daddy. I'm vax a vax me. machine. Do what I actually did watch recently was a, was a, it was a, a disinformation video about an Irish anti-vaxxer. And I think I told you this last night. It was in Beaumont Hospital. They're uh, refusing shared with the people. Where they're refusing to give transplants to unvaccinated people. And the video goes on about like have you humanity. They're using their no. In the video, it goes on for about five minutes. And then in the middle of the video, it points out that they're refusing to give transplants to people who are unvaccinated, who are immunosuppressed. And the reason is, is people that are immunosuppressed actually can't get the vaccine because their body will actually not be able to fight it because they have no fucking immune system. Uh, vaccine is to boost your immune system and make it defend itself. And if you don't have a fucking immune system, how can it? And the thing is, the reason is, is that makes surgery a lot more difficult. And that's why they're doing it. But like, if you're a heavy smoker, you're the last on the list for lung transplants as well because like, that's just the way it is. They call it, they're calling it medical apartheid. And it's not medical apartheid. It's called fucking triage. <laughs> You give it to the people that need it the most. You give it to the people that are actually going to benefit from it. It's just the way it goes. I thought that was. I thought Afghanistan was going to be the only political thing. But I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else has happened in the world. Well, it's kind of sad that um, you even have to like clarify that people getting vaccines is a, a pr- political issue. Yeah. Like it's kind Which of it shouldn't be. But like yeah. I just thought. I thought it was funny in the middle of the disinformation video. It proves itself wrong if you fucking think about it. Because <laughs> I get to be nice watching this video and I was like, this can't be true. And then, it, then they said that and I was like, oh, so it might actually be true. They're not giving a transplant. I was like, yeah, but the reason is, like, if I was a surgeon, right, 
And I was like, they were like, right, you need to operate on this person who's immunosuppressed in the middle of a global pandemic. There's a good chance that say you make the surgery successful because of possible contamination, which is really, really, like, even though surgery is going to be 100%, because of any risk in a global pandemic that the COVID could, could, COVID could get in, or even after surgery when I'm going to be weaker, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to take the risk. If I can, if this patient of mine can survive another six months to a year and they're not going to die, rather than take the risk of having the surgery now and risking them fucking dying, what are you going to choose to do, like? Yeah, but see the thing is, emotions trumps facts. <laughs> people making those videos know that that they just—it's like yeah, they're get, just, get people riled up and then they're like, yeah, fuck that thing. I also watched another good video today, and it's a woman, and it's like it's confidently incorrect and read it, and it was like a woman like discussing it, and then it was like a, it was like a doctor going like, and she was like saying what was right and was wrong. She was like true, wrong, wrong, and then she was like the M or like one of the funny things is they're like mRNA is um. It's like synthetic or synthetically made, which is, to be honest, like you can synthetically make DNA pretty much all the fuck you want. Like it's called this thing called PCR, where because I was studied and like done it in college and stuff. So you know that thing in CSI shows they take one bit of evidence and then they have shitloads to use. That's literally a thing called PCR, polymerase chain reaction, and you using like uh, nucleotides, you 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 pretty much synth- you make multiple copies of the DNA, and what you do is you essentially manipulate the cell's own. Uh, natural DNA replication process. It's very simple. You, you you raise the DNA, the double helix structure up to 94 degrees and it will denature into two separate strands. And as you lower it, you flood it with big base nucleotides, you know, adenine, thionine, cytosine and guanine. Guanine. And then, but then there's also uracil, which would be the one in mRNA. Uh-huh. And then what actually happens there, so whenever you denature the two strands and you flood it with these nucleotides, these these will, so adenine binds to thionine. There's people driving to work in their cars right now with blank expressions. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I don't need to do this now. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I find it interesting, but I'm aware that, like, some people are probably just like, what are you okay, talking so about? Okay, so anyway, basically, all, I don't have to go into the depth description, <laughs> yeah. but basically you are just manipulating the DNA cell's own replication to make more of the same cells. And that's what they're doing synthetic mRNA. But whenever you put a synthetic mRNA into a body, because it's essentially, it might, it's not going to actually be foreign to the body because the body's going to accept it because it may be, they say, synthetically made, but it will be naturally assimilated into your system. Uh-huh. It's not, it's not actually, it's not like a foreign pathogen and it's not something that it's going to like literally slot right into your DNA. That's an easier way to say it rather than yeah. going into the whole history. and Yes. However, and side note, my favorite scientist ever is to get a created um, PCR, Carrie Mullis, won Nobel Prize for it and everything, redefined all of science. So the guy that like realized the helix structure and all that? No, no, that was like Watson and Crick. And there's actually, I can't remember her name. I think it was Francis something. Was really it was actually more her because Watson and Crick were actually businessmen. Right, Watson and Crick. Watson and Crick were actually technically businessmen. It was a woman that did all the work, but it was, was a 50, so she didn't there, get any recognition. I don't know if it was the story you told me, but the guy like... He'd like taken acid and it helped him. Oh out. yeah, that's him. Yeah, 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 that's him. And that's probably why he's one of my favorite. And also, yeah. he like he's been arrested for cocaine charges twice. And, and once he got his Nobel Prize, and he kind of he does his interviews and stuff. Like so, the acid stories in his autobiography. But when he's doing interviews, he'd be like, did, did that not have something to do with it? Made him. Oh yeah, that's where he came. That's where he put it all together. He said, but the way okay. he put the way he put it was, I like all the information was in front of me, and then he like took a bunch of acid and he was like. Then he put it all together. He said, like, so all the information was there. And he was he even said something like, I think somebody else could have done it. He was like, I just kind of got there first. But it was all in front of him to do. Yeah. But then he, um, so he got his note. So this is probably be my dream as a scientist if I find something. And he got a Nobel Prize. And then he, like, you know, did interviews and stuff, redefined all of science. He, he, he would have got so many people out of jail that were falsely convicted and stuff because of forensic crimes and all. Because, like, every single member, like, 
they used to you get one bit of dna and you take it and like it used to cost like thousands and thousands to transport and if you you destroyed it you just lost like something that was like a hundred grand and like say if you got you destroyed it that evidence is gone forever now all of a sudden it's like fucking here have that dna and fucking just make as much as you want and use as much as you want you have as much as you could possibly need yeah. and you can actually use a thing called real-time pcr and you can actually literally watch it um, expand from because it's exponential because it goes you know one becomes two two becomes four four becomes sixteen and it goes up and in four hours you can have over a billion copies and it's like you're not gonna fuck up a billion times <laughs> <laughs> but um he got his double prize and shit just went on and now he lives on a beach with a surfboard that has a double helix on it nice yeah and that's all he does he just he just retired and was like yes yeah, sweet he he he, he was kind of like he's got a surf move named after him called the double helix yeah <laughs> but he was just kind of like i did my work i it was like he was kind of like i did what i kind of needed to do in my life and i'm just gonna fucking retire at like 40 years old and just fucking live out the rest of my days surfing and taking it easy he's just the most hippie scientist like yeah. but he did something that was groundbreaking for all science Nice. Mm. Anyway, so that was a, I didn't think we'd go into that, to be honest. I thought we were going to chat about pop punk. Not even sure how we got there. To be I don't know. <laughs> we I mean, the, but I've had a few tins. We went so to the pub and then... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah <laughs> But like, I've had a few tins, so like, I'm going to... Yeah. Like Owen, Owen has a lot to say about pop punk, and he knows more about this than me, but somehow I feel like I'm going to be talking more this episode. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well that, we'll get into that later. That, that was more... Um, as a follow-up to the the last episode that I did on math rock and emo music, yeah, which if, I if I you did. haven't listened to that, then please give it a listen because it's. And I would actually say listen to that one first because we're going to be following on points there. Yeah, and uh, it was very good. It was Owen's first time doing one by himself, and I was really impressed by it. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone will agree it was kind of funny because in the first 10, 15 minutes he kind of stopped and started, but then you really get into it. Then yeah. you really did well. I fucking the way you did some of the transitions, the songs coming in, and the way you mixed your voice going in and. There's just a couple of moments, if you listen to that, you'll hear that he's thinking of, he can't remember off the top of his head what the song is, but he's mixed it in to have the song playing while he's thinking of it, and I just really thought those moments were class. <laughs> it just, I was very man. impressed, man, it was cool. Yeah. It was very, like, cause I, I, could, I couldn't imagine, like, I could imagine finding that very hard to do myself, because it'd be like, you've got no, I lose my train of thought easily, even yeah. listening to this, and you have to pick it back up for me to be <laughs> like, yeah, what was I talking about? Yeah, like, once I got into it, it just kind of, came out naturally then because i kind of like i said in it that i hadn't really i hadn't like i hadn't even really done a lot of research what i did is i watched a few youtube videos i watched a trash theory has a great video about uh fugazi called the path of uh, most resistance coincidentally i didn't end up putting any fugazi music in there into that episode because <laughs> you it, did mention them though that i mentioned like? them a lot and i, I don't know it kind of felt like there was it was like I don't know, just like, how do I choose a song? It's a, uh, th I hoped I got across the message instead to just go listen to Fugazi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think you did. Like, yeah. Because you went into all the bands well enough and you went in, like, not that went off, because it, it did, like, because, like, because the way I thought it was good was because, like, everyone has probably heard the Ramones mm -hmm. or, like, everyone fucking at least knows who they are if they're not probably listening. But, like, everyone's going to know at least one or two of their songs. And if you at least like that, then you could, it'd be very easy to go, like, well, maybe you should try and listen to this band and we should try and listen to that band. And it was good that way because it was. Yeah. Because you went, you stripped it back to the very start. And yeah, you talked it up that way, and that's why it worked. Yeah, like so, I, I called the episode uh, an autobiographical journey through Math, Math Rock and Emo, or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, something like that. Yeah. So basically, my thinking was, uh, I don't know how much I'm repeating. I can't remember what I said in the, in the episode, but basically, it was like, you know, if you want a conclusive history that's available online already, what I can do is try and represent my own personal. 
it, like, journey and how I discovered that music because it took me a while to get into it. So it's kind of like hopefully, if you want to get into that music, then you can follow a same similar thing like, or whatever. That makes sense because like you could, as you're saying, you could just read a Wikipedia article. But it's like particularly music as well because like I would get an awful lot of my music. Like even today, you showed me Citizen and Olivia Rod- um, Rodrigo. Smarters really, for the rest of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I really like them, and I'm. We'll feel, it seems like it's going to be like a, a two new people I'm going to really listen to a lot. So, I, but you, I would get an awful lot of my music recommendations. Like you know, growing up with them from my dad, my brother, and now it's from you, and then even yeah. hearing like friends. Music is such a personal thing in that way that you, if you know somebody likes the music as you, you would value their opinion on it more, or if they know what they're talking about, because you, yeah. you couldn't just read about a band. And read like you couldn't just read about a band and be like, you know what? I think I like their music. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think too. If you like, could, that'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it happens to me a lot too. It's like there's there's so many bands that you know you're supposed to listen to or whatever, but it's until someone gives you like a, a reason or whatever and be like, oh, like that. It's like that Revolver by the Beatles, man. That's one of my favorite albums of all time, mm. or whatever. Like you know, you get a personal association then you're like maybe i should actually go listen to that i've heard that that's great yeah because like because but also it's because that's what i'm saying because you, you respect and you like the other person's music choices and then but you know that they like yours as well so that's why you can yeah. see that it's like me and kieran are chatting about this in your couch two weeks ago because we have a really similar taste music as well we're just playing these songs and going through it and then he showed me da- he showed me daughters as well mm-hmm. who i listened to i actually haven't listened to full album on them, but i've listened to a couple of their songs and it's like i really like them and he was like you know, he was just telling me, he's like, you like the music, he actually said something like, you like the music I like, you'll like this. And I was like, yeah. well, and you know what happened? I fucking liked what I listened to. Yeah. It's, but, you know, I couldn't just, I couldn't turn That's just to what th- happened today too. I knew that you'd like Citizen before I put them exactly. on. Exactly, like, and if I find a band that I thought that you would like, because I like them, I'd be like, yeah. who would he hear this shit? Plus you, also, plus, you always do feel really good about yourself and you're like, oh man, what do you hear this fucking Nailed shit? it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like looking for your action or waiting for them to hear something. You're like, yeah. Or the counter to that whenever you put on a song and everyone keeps chatting and you sit there quietly being like, please listen to my song. It's yeah, really and then, then you might put it on repeat and see if anybody notices. Like, you know. Can I put this on again? Because you were talking and I really like this song. And, uh... <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Tom's just smoking a cigarette and staring at me, waiting for me to chat now. <laughs> yeah, very intensely as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, did you like how I did the blind boy? Yeah, uh, I was going to say, that was, that was like the vape thing. You're like, yeah. I'm going to make my hot take. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. I really appreciated yeah. that, yeah. You kind of have to, I think, like if you're, especially doing an, a solo podcast in Ireland, <laughs> it's like... You kind of have, there's inevitable comparison to Blind Boy, like, well, it's sitting in your room chatting shade. Well, do you know what actually I find kind of annoying is the, um, there was a girl at work, she gave us a really good compliment, it was Emily. She still listens to the podcast, even though she hasn't been in the lab for like seven months. What's crack, Emily? Uh, hi, Emily. And um, she was saying that she listens to like the number one podcast in Ireland, it's actually the two Johnnies. And she said yeah. she listened to it and she was like, she was like, it's just like the lad bible podcast she yeah. was like it was like she was like i like yours more because it's more about talking stuff she was like because that's just more. And i was like i can't i just can't believe it's not the blind boy podcast even though i don't listen yeah. to the blind boy it, it frequently is though it, it like depends what no, day but, of the week you check and stuff apparently but like even though like i wouldn't actually listen to this podcast religiously but to me i'm yeah. just like it's probably the most important one anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, that anyway because there was a while even where I was kind of like, I had a, I'm kind of sick of blind boy. And then every time I listen to a podcast, I'd be like, geez, that was well good. <laughs> I remember what I kind of, like, I thought I was sick of it, but every episode I listened, I was like, geez, that was I, good as well. <laughs> I remember one of my friends, Liam, said something, he said something really funny. He was like, uh, he was like, geez, he's just, 
it sounds bad, but it gets so annoying because it goes on about mental health so much. But the reason is, is because he, you know it comes out like every week. But he'd been listen- he'd he'd been listening to for like ten episodes straight. So it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you know, every hour, it's like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a difference if you hear it once a week, which would be good for you. But if you hear it over the top, you'd probably be like, "Jesus!" You know, it dilutes the the valid message a wee bit. But yeah. it actually does it, but it does for him, like in a way. Yeah. Um, I was gonna just go into a little bit more behind the scenes of that episode, since we're chatting about it. Um, yeah, I think you chat, but because we're kind of doing a follow up on it, I'd like to be yeah, it'd be a nice segue into this. P- this part can be an advertisement for anyone who hasn't listened to that yeah. episode. Because <laughs> I'm sure we'll tell like, you all about it, and yeah. you'll just be like, "Oh my god, I gotta I check to it out." <laughs> Yeah, like, I didn't realize uh, at the time that I was going to have uh, parts that just had, like, music in the background while I was ch- talking. Mm. Like, so I really ba- like that. So basically, I, like, um, I recorded the whole thing in one go, and then I left it for, like, a couple of weeks, maybe maybe more than that, just because it was kind of, like, I don't know, it was hard to... There's something about, like... Well, no, actually. I did... Uh, I did like the first pass of the edit pretty close to then. And when I did that, I just took notes for what songs I wanted to put in. Like mm-hmm. I kind of listened to myself chatting and I was like, okay, I mentioned um, Drive Like Jehu at 30 minute mark. And I made a note of that. So I just kind of went through and wrote down all, this, all the bands or the specific songs if I had a specific song in mind. Yeah. And then eventually I went back, I had to download all those songs some of them I was able to buy on Bandcamp. A lot of them are ripped from YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> just because I don't know what I don't know what other way to get them. You couldn't find them anywhere else. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I did. I actually bought a lot of new music just for that. Uh, just for that. Um, what do you call it? That episode though. So it was good motivation. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of like bands, like um, like I like the Clever Girl EP, which is like I've loved that for ages, and it's just been like one of those ones which. I, there's no motivation to buy it because you can just listen to it for free. So I was like, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, finally give them a bit of cash <laughs> for yeah. their good work. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a, a nice uh, side effect of it. But yeah, like um, for example, I didn't ha- make a note of writing, or I didn't make a note of putting in any Green Day music. Mm. But then when I got to that part where I was chatting about sitting in my friend's room and listening to Kerplunk. Mm. I could just, I was just like, oh, it needs to go in. So, yeah. And I, makes sense. Th- that was one of the ones where I just put it in the background instead of, because originally I thought every time there was going to be music, it w- I would cut, I would leave a, like I would cut out a gap of me chatting and the song would play and then I would go back to it or like a section of the song, whatever. So there was, I didn't have the intention originally to like, you know, have it fade in or like those kind of effects that I end up doing. But I think it turned out, re- it turned out much better. Yeah. Like the parts where I was like, I was talking and I would have the song come in slowly and then it would let a gap and it would like swell up for like a few bars and then I would put it down I, again. I, th- I thought it actually added a really nice kind of flow to it. Cause yeah. It, like, you know what I mean? Because like it would like, it probably would have gotten like monotonous if it was just you straight talking yeah. for a while. But it was, that was, that's what kind of made it like kind of flow better and kind of go in and out. And like there was, um, there was like it's kind of funny because I was first listening to it in my car and I drive up I was listening to it in my Bluetooth speaker and I had it set to voices and I was like oh shit now I have to change this it's <laughs> like you know because after the first two songs it's like I'm missing the entire bass track because yeah. it's it's not set properly and then it, then it sounded a lot better too because like I just thought it, it added such a flow to it because then it was the bit and then there was the music coming through but it made more sense too because it like it would emphasize your point or it gives you an idea of what yeah. you have because like you know, it's pretty abstract for you to be like, and yeah. then you know, you could be like, you know, oh, and then you know, it sounds more like this, so that you can see that they're influenced from yeah. Nirvana. It's very abstract for you to be like, oh, I must check that out. But then actually hear it would be yeah. like, that's how it comes through. Like, yeah, 
which I was fun to find find that along the way because, like I said, it wasn't the intention. But then, like doing it, I was like, oh, that works better and stuff like that. Mm. And yeah, like I really enjoy uh, music podcasts because they can do things like that where you don't have to just sit and describe it. It's an audio yeah. medium, so you can put in whatever you audio. Want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it definitely made it. Yeah, because I remember like talking about explosions. This guy and it's like, oh, they're more like twinkly, whatever, whatever words I used to describe them, and I put a wee bit of their tracking. And so it's like, it's like even that because my my description on its own might have been adequate, but it might have been a bit vague. So then you just you just need to be snippet, and it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. That's the point. But yeah. then even you going into like about it, and so I watched him fire and all that stuff too, and I was like, oh Jesus Christ, I've listened to him. He's in beautiful universe, master champion. I was thinking because I was driving up, and it's like the person behind me was like a pure weird because I was like air dropping all the time, like the whole. Yeah, I put on a good chunk of that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that was such a fucking tune. Like oh my god. But I forgot. Then you mentioned explosions, guy, because he used to listen to them a lot too. I was like, I want you to listen to them. Yeah, ages, you know that kind of way. Like, and it was fun too because there was a lot of comparisons that I kind of i don't want like it to sound like i planned them out i stumbled along, along yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of them i think yeah just you, you made the connections when yeah. you were figure you were talking about because it part of it too part of the lead up to it was going back and listening to like the dead kennedys who i haven't listened to in such a long time Either have I. Like, so it was cool to go back and be like oh there's a there's a direct line from them to now like yeah, yeah. like the outro tail in the head mm. like the pure like jazzy progressive punk sound of that i was like what the fuck like yeah. well, i didn't know i don't remember dead Kennedys playing math rock but here it is like yeah, <laughs> essentially was, was, and like the 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 hot in cambodia um set guitars to kill comparison i noticed as well i was like listening to that and i was like oh that reminds me of and so watch from afar mm. which uh stuff like that was fun yeah it was cool you created direct links and i thought it was interesting because you brought the mars volta to it and i was like and then but sure they have such a direct link then to the fucking like the emo scene as well because you're like then you mentioned that the drive and i was like yeah of course i was like kind of forget yeah. that they're like half of at the drive-in yeah. <laughs> like yeah you kind of thing and but like because then you were talking about it and i was like i forgot you kind of forget like because like at the drive-in is such a straight up kind of more or less emo or pop punk yeah that, 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 that's part of the same wave as like uh drive like jehu and that that's when it was still emotional hardcore hmm. so yeah after driving or as important as any other, any other band like yeah. to, and to that they, that stage of emo anyway and anyway then they were the mars volta and like they were progressive as hell like yeah. i can't remember how you described them because i think it was really because i think you described mars volta i can't remember what you said but i was like that's just such an apt description i think like, i might have said like progressive prog punk or something yeah like yeah that. it was so, something like that and i was like that's it's like it's so obscure but it's absolutely apt, yeah. like you know it's prog rock with a punk attitude yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, um i was gonna say to you, i remember because we were ch- we were chatting about this a wee bit last night i think and i was like one of the only bands i was surprised that you didn't mention was refused because i thought yeah. that they are a very because even their album the shape of punk to come which to me is probably one of my favorite albums and I just always thought that the title was very prophetic yeah. of the album because that really did. I yeah, think yeah, like it, it, it definitely could have been. Like, by the way, um, I don't think you not mentioned it didn't take away anything yeah. from it. But that would have been see if it was, that would have been see. It's also kind of a personal thing of me because I love yeah. that band so much. It would I be just, like I don't. Yeah, like there was a lot of bands that I didn't include just because they didn't kind of fit into the story. Like I, I felt mm. like they could. They definitely could have been in easily. Um, like I'm sure they're a big influence on a lot of those other bands that I went on to talk about and stuff. Yeah. 
Well, it's because one of the things you mentioned. Is cause I think if it was more specifically punk, they definitely would have yeah, come up. Yeah, yeah. There's that there too because it's because they wouldn't they they would be just straight up punk really like and but I post just, hardcore I suppose. Uh, yeah, post hardcore. Oh no, we're just getting fucking technical. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> there's um, but it's good was, to be specific. But I thought it was funny because like obviously you mentioned my chemical romance, which would have been like one of the biggest kind of it would have been the biggest emo band. And let's face it, they were. As you, I I did like what you said too. You were like. It was cool to hate them. It was like cool yeah. to like them. But I was a very big fan of Mangum Gomans and I still would be. But yeah, like that's kind of something I realized kind of along the way too that I was like, like there's a. You were a loser if you liked them. Like, yeah. That was what and was. That, that's the point of that genre though. It's yeah. not about being cool. It's about like speaking to people and mm. like I'm sure My Chemical Romance were the, the most important band in the world to so many people. And it wasn't anything to do about being cool. It was by meaning something and that's way more important and it was like, about, but I think it's all a big part of it was too for, for us the teenagers with the whole kind of emo and the scene scene and all that there stuff was like that's when I got more into like I feel like shit I th- think shit I am depressed you know that kind of yeah. a way which a lot of people were it's just it usually didn't really come across as much in in music almost as much or I think it wasn't it wasn't as mainstream anyway you know for it to be like I don't think I'm a good person I'm not happy I'm yeah. I'm I'm not okay. <laughs> not okay. You said you said something. What if you don't dance? You don't do karate. What is it again? You don't. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I um, can't remember. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I said that. But then, uh, what I was gonna break back to is because then one of my favorite bands back in the time was of course the band they used. Mm-hmm. I love them, Burt McCracken, and like the um, yeah, they could have easily been part of the like. I've heard it described as mall emo, which is my chemical romance That's followed by boy, Paramore probably being Paramore, too, Panic at Disco, yeah, Panic at Disco, uh, and the used could have easily been mentioned. And then it was like, because like as I said, my, so my brother always told me he said the used pretty much just kind of ripped off, refused even by name, <laughs> like they just a tick away like fucking three letters, or whatever. Yeah. Also, don't quote me on this. Don't know if it's true, but I always heard a rumor way back in the day. Refused played in Ireland, and apparently they played somewhere in Donegal. And there was like six people there, and they all left. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not surprised about. We're out of here. <laughs> they also just bought a, I was going to plug Refuse, right? So there's, there's two band documentaries you should watch, and one of them is the one with Ch- The Chariot. And if you watch their band documentary. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. And it'll make you want to be in a band. Now, if, if you feel like you want to feel like you never want to be in a band, watch the Refused band documentary because that just shows how they all ended up hating each other for a yeah. while. Now, they did get back together and they obviously made amends, but it's just depressing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that reminds me, um, one of the quote-unquote bits of research <laughs> that I did uh, was watched a documentary in the band Slint, which I thought maybe would come up more, but they again, they just didn't really seem to fit into that the story I was telling. But uh, yeah, they have a really good documentary on YouTube called uh, D- uh, Down the Garden Path or so- something like that. And yeah, it's surprisingly well done. Like it's it's visibly cheap. Like yeah. it's a guy with like a digital video camera, but he just like uh, just chats a lot of get chats to all the band members, a uh, lot of other people from different bands at that time. Like uh, the guy from uh, Jesus Lizard is in it. I remember. And stuff like that, and yeah, it's but it it's great. Uh, Steve Albini is in it as well. Um, yeah, it just it just comes together really nicely. It's like like whatever way he, whatever vision the director had or the way it's edited together. I think it's great that like you know even though at the start you're like oh, this is cheap, it, it comes 
made something great like out of it. Yeah, they it's like they did they did what they wanted to do with what was available. It yeah. doesn't have to it did they didn't have a Hollywood production company they had themselves and they did they made it work. Yeah. Like. And it's kind of fitting too because this sort of story as the members of Slint kind of talk about it, they were very stubborn in their vision and achieving what they wanted to. So it's kind of thematically fits, I suppose. But yeah, that's a great, uh, great documentary. And that album, Spiderland, is like a classic of the... I, sp- I don't know if it would fall into math rock. Maybe it's a bit of math rock, a bit of post rock, but great album as well. And so what is the exact difference in math rock and post rock? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Feck and Bahamas which are like an Australian based uh, web magazine they kind of use math rock as an umbrella term mm. for like music that's uh, like really technical has unusual time signatures yeah. on unusual scales and stuff like that or like has different or clashes a mix of all, all those things so they kind of use it as an umbrella term which might include post rock might include mm post-hardcore might include prog rock but um post-rock kind of started in like the late 80s early 90s i think with bands like tortoise and uh uh what's that the album hex by bark psychosis which is 1994 i think that era was whenever post-rock was a uh, becoming a thing basically mm. i don't actually know when the first time math rock was used probably around the same time mm. say, well two bands would i would have which you did mention i would have they've always been told to be math rock and it would have been two ones i would listen to one of them more than the other one i wanted to mention was the chariot they would have been considered at least some other stuff as kind of math rock or like kind of yeah and then math core probably math core actually yeah and then it would be dillinger escape plan as well yeah they're i think they're math core as well yeah they'd or, be or they, like metal core but like yeah they're pretty much yeah because they would have been the ones the I think it would have, and I think it's it as well. Actually, I think another one. It's the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. They're another one. I think yeah. they're math rock. They would have been it like, be. they would have been the two ones in this younger guy. I've listened to them quite a while. They would have been the two ones that I really listened to. It would have been kind of like, like would have been math rocky or math core. Yeah. But then like, oh, I absolutely love the Chariot to bits, and they would be, they would definitely be like, because they, they are fucking full of weird time signatures yeah. and stuff like that there. And that's what, uh, they would have been the band that would have got me into it as well and then the band I mentioned before I think I told Owen earlier a story and he was like oh I think you've already said in the podcast it's like well that's that done anyway <laughs> <laughs> it was every time I die because they'd be one of my absolute yeah. all time favourite band like um, they would have been all the bands that really got me into it I suppose yeah. um, and that's probably like usually kind of hardcore kind of that kind of stuff that kind of genre that's probably like my favourite type of music really yeah because I was saying to one earlier about, like, I would listen to metal and stuff when I was a teenager, and I never really got into too much. I listened to some of it. We would have been around time whenever Machine Head and Bill from Valentine were still kind of new metal, like, not like new metal, but newer metal bands came out. <laughs> yeah. We else came out around time of new metal. Of course, I still love Limp Bizkit. Yeah. But um, then, but it was that, it never really struck me as much as there's something about hardcore music, which I just find more, like, obscene that I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Metal's very, like, technical and melodic, but almost, like, I'm going to say more structured. <laughs> but then, well, I can't say it about mathcore, actually, because that's fucking heavily structured, but you know what I mean? Yeah. There's something about it that just really gets to me. It's probably my favorite type of music. It's the one that gets me pumped up the most, the one I'd listen to, like, by myself. Yeah, I think there's more room for, like, freedom and experimentation in that than traditional metal, I suppose. it's mm. Metal fans can be very... Uh, Put you off metal. Yeah. <laughs> 
like, that's not that's not done right. It's just like Rick and Morty fans. Yeah. Uh, Bloody fans ruin it for the rest of us. And my chemical <laughs> romance fans, football fans, uh car culture fans. <laughs> uh, I would mention our fans, but like I don't know if they exist. I would also mention I would also <laughs> mention OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God they got rid of all the porn off OnlyFans. I know, yeah. I just want to watch my cooking videos, man. Yeah. <laughs> good Christian OnlyFans. OnlyFans is going to die, and I bet you the creator of OnlyFans is going to create a porn website. <laughs> That's it. I was thinking Pornhub's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Waiting for the influx of OnlyFans, <laughs> ex OnlyFans, all their people. fucking private videos uploaded. Um, but I know, I suppose we shouldn't we shouldn't get off topic. That OnlyFans, <laughs> just a uh, note that current affairs uh, just a segment. We're going to note that current affairs. I'm just going to yeah. say that all my fans that your year subscriptions aren't being refunded. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, but then going back to your podcast because I really liked your uh, your kind of your because it was your personal story into the music. And yeah, because he went through it. He went through because he went to the old school stuff, which is funny because then that was actually also what helped get you into it. Yeah, but that's what was. Uh, yeah, I kind of followed the the. the just the evolution of punk in general. Yeah, you, but you followed like chronologically. But what was interesting was your story matched up well enough chronologically. Yeah. Like, but you did mention, of course, like you mentioned Green Day and stuff, and I was like, well, yeah, of course I got into that because yeah. they they were they and Nirvana and stuff as well. But they would have been Nirvana slightly before our time, but they were still so massive that it would have been going on. But was their last single was two thousand and two, so it would have been ten, and then then it would be like Green Day would have been massive around two thousand and five. I think that's roughly when they got like like real worldwide yeah they would i think around then and that's really what i think but i think more like because i the way i think of it i think 2005 is whenever jesus is suburbia and stuff came out i could be wrong I, no I, th- I think was an american idiot not like 2000 what, right? 2001 or something i could be wrong because it was i because it was it pure, been american uh, idiot though because it was pure american idiot was like pure anti-bush yeah it was so yeah. it, it would have been like 2001 i think maybe yeah maybe i'm getting my dates wrong but yeah i feel like because like uh, even though they would have been really famous i feel like that's the one that american idiot made them the worldwide yeah, like, kind of green phenomenon day, like green day had two breakout albums yeah <laughs> somehow <laughs> like dookie was their first one that made them mainstream and then they kind of they faded and a wee I bit i love dookie as well <laughs> yeah they faded a wee but they had big hits obviously like uh time of your life and stuff like mm. that but yeah then 2004 then, it is 2004 yeah, yeah. i was thinking yeah I was thinking, okay i thought it was earlier than that yeah that's what you're doing that one i feel like i know you're saying they had two breakouts who did but that was one that i felt like was the real because like they were phenomenal for like yeah. a year or two they were like, like the biggest band in the world for yeah. a bit like it was them and foo fighters <laughs> yeah but like yeah but like foo fighters had the fact that their lead singer was the drummer in her family yeah. whereas like this was like a punk band yeah whose name meant fucking sitting around smoking grass all day it was yeah that kind of way do you know that they had like a whole album recorded and billy joe's laptop or something got stolen and they just lost all that music and had to go in and start again oh my god that's fucking dreadful but they came out with american idiot oh well that's not too bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) but like can you imagine they would have just because they that was like the impetus it's like they would have they whatever they had done i'm sure was probably just very similar to uh warning was it their album before that yeah 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 I'm sure it was just going down that path, and then the fact that they lost everything would must have been the motivation to just be like, okay, let's yeah. try something new, which makes sense too, because it, that it's a a concept album, the way it is. Because like I know uh, I remember hearing uh, the singer, I think it was the singer anyway from uh, Direct Hit, 
because their like last three albums are all concept albums and he said he does it because it's easier <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just to come up with a, a theme for the full album and then write yeah, it then <laughs> Um, so that probably that probably played a part too. They're probably like, okay, we need to write a full album really quickly. That's just like come make, up with like some characters. Well, and, I, well, I fucking hate Bush. Let's go with this. Like, yeah, I was gonna say just a wee tidbit. In my own personal life, I I love the fact that uh, my old head chef when I was when I was chefing, he used to be the personal chef of Green Day, and he said that all of Green Day. This was only about five six years ago. He said that they were actually all really sounded down to earth. But what I used to love in the kitchen is he used to have this unreal Bose speaker. Like it was classic. It was a wee Bluetooth speaker, but it was like a fucking sound system and a speaker. And he uh, he had accidentally taken it from the Billy Joe Armstrong and whenever you turned it on it used to say, Hello Billy Joe <laughs> and I connected up to it and I was like, that was classic. And then his his wife used to organize uh like all the tours of like all the old like hair metal bands so she used to get messages from like leading her white snake and people from van halen and people from journey and stuff she used to she manages all their tours right it's like so funny so funny she What's showed your number she showed me <laughs> i can get you a number if you want she lives in fucking tour, please um <laughs> give me a tour she she got a message from uh she knows leading a white snake where was his his name he's, he's english his pure english name is all something like oh, i can't remember anyway because i don't really listen to white snake but he uh yeah he said that whenever they her kid was born, he was going to come visit them. And she was like, yeah, if you fly into Belfast, you can get a taxi down. <laughs> he replied. She showed a message. And I just imagined it like a pure poshing for us. He was like, why would I get a taxi there when a helicopter is so much more fashionable? <laughs> fashionable. Well, he said something like fashionable. Oh my, that that helicopter is so slimming. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. But you know what I mean? That's like, I was like, this is me peeking into a world that I have, n- I'll never see or never be a part yeah. of. Like, you know, fucking mad. That's cool. She's really sound too. For yeah. marrying a chef though, she had no taste. She would eat like a plain burger and a bun with no sauce. I was like, what the <laughs> f- fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I was on board until I got the no sauce. I was, what? <laughs> I wasn't, man. Like, you need to add you. Like, the meat in your bun is not like, the flavor. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, how dry is your mouth? Or, or do you over salivate? I don't get it. <laughs> what? It's like, I can't have sauce. My mouth is too moist. moist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Green Day as well. They would have been, like, probably one of the first kind of... Um, Probably like punk bands would listen to really. They yeah. came out now. They were kind of weirdly. They were kind of part of like the like the My Chem scene. They kind of came, but they would have been like way said, before as, them. But, but aesthetically, I mean, yeah, yeah. At that time, they like started wearing like but, eyeliner and all. Like, yeah, in, but it's well, like sure, Billy Joe. I think in American, he's wearing like the all black with the red tie, and yeah. it was such a thing of like red ties and all black and the black and red check. Yeah. Like that was such and, a and uh, thanks to Avril Lavigne and the. Just wearing a tie over like your tank top or whatever. Yeah. I also thought it was funny. You were like the studded belts. Remember them? And I was like, yeah, you're chatting about the black and white studded belts. Yeah. What, what about the black and white check vans, man? You forgot about oh, those yeah. too. Like I, was well, like, I still see them about. Like, yeah, but yeah. the the belts seem to just disappeared. Yeah, it was funny too because we went from having and wearing two belts. Yeah, and wearing two belts, but also we went from having the baggiest jeans possible to having the skinniest jeans yeah. possible. It went from one extreme to the other. It was like you know you can't have straight leg. You have to have skinny or wide. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, what do you call those big, massive, like, really, like, big, wide-legged jeans? Oh, yeah, I can't remember, but, like, I used to wear them. Because, like, that was, like, I was wearing, I actually, when I was in America, when I was, like, 10, I bought, like, the exact same baseball hat that, like, Fred Durst had. <laughs> and I used to wear, like, a white t-shirt and baggy as fuck, like, uh, blue jeans. Three-quarter length, uh, like, yeah, dickies. Yeah, 
yeah. and, and like the socks pulled up and yeah. then like vans that's and, like, pure blink one or two as well yeah 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 the socks always pulled up which yeah. i still do if i'm wearing shorts i always pull the socks yeah. up but i'm like yeah because like fucking that's what I, that's how i want to look yeah i don't want people to see my angles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i got cankles guys leave me alone <laughs> but um i just thought it was funny, like the style and all teens like too that kind of way but it was just like one extreme to the next yeah. <laughs> my brother was the very first person in Kenya to wear skinny jeans i shit you not he used to get bullied when I was like, Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Never stopped him. Nah, fair play. Mm-hmm. I remember one day I was in secondary school and Jerry was, uh, must have been in like third year. Jerry walked past Apple Square and he was wearing skinny jeans and he used to have bright blonde hair with green tips and it was all like seen, kind of back combed. And I swear to God, 30 boys at Apple Square came out and watched him walk the whole way down the square. He was like 21. And I just looked at him, all these like country books. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck he's going to do? Like, but they just stared at him. And it was like, you know, of course, some of them started shouting the usual, like gay and queer and stuff. And I was like, "Here's are 30 lads sitting, staring at one fella. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's pretty gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, look at that fucking sexy bastard. <laughs> I'll beat him up. <laughs> all salivating over him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can really see his ass in those jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyways, yeah, so, but I'm trying to think, I think that was, I think that, I think they're the only bands you didn't mention that I thought should have been mentioned, but that would also be yeah. more, see, that's the difference between my personal journey to your personal journey, I yeah. suppose, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's probably my favorite, like, hardcore around the, and then all of yeah. it, all of it's kind of, uh, all of it's sub-genres and, Periphery genres are probably my favorite, I'd say. Yeah. Well, seeing as we started talking about Green Day, maybe we should just get into the 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 pop punk. The war in Afghanistan. The what? Sorry, I mean uh, the war in Afghanistan. Because technically, there's a link <laughs> because they were against Bush, and he's the one who started it. Hey man, if you want to talk about it, I won't stop you. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's pretty much all I know. Like, well, actually, not really. Actually, this is a funny tidbit I can give you. It, well, they have been there since then. Like in Rambo Three. They're the heroes that Rambo helps. Shit, you know, the, the Mujahideen who Ronald Reagan was with in the 80s, he, who he then funded and trained, they're the heroes in Rambo 3 that he saves. And it's like, it's just kind of funny because they were yeah. fighting the Soviets, you see. No, yeah, okay. Mm. The real enemy is communism. Yeah. Because the enemy of capitalism is our enemy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, no, that's what it was. Is they, They're like the heroes in Rambo 3. And then it's because they were fighting Soviets. And then it's just once they got the Soviets out, and they're like, right, we're staying here. And they're like, no, 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 we want our own country. And they're like, no, 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 we want a McDonald's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm on a watch list now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, we should go into the pop punk thing because like, I got to stop bringing up really controversial topics. <laughs> well, I'll just repeat something that I was uh, saying to you last night about that Adam Curtis documentary I started watching, the first episode of. <laughs> the first episode of uh, Century of the Self. And they were talking about how, like, it was like uh, Sigmund Freud's nephew or something basically introduced consumerism to America. Oh, yeah. I, f- I find this very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, at that time, like, people didn't buy stuff they didn't need. Maybe the very rich. But then, like, he turned, uh, basically turned consumerism as into, like, an answer to people's problems. It's like, oh, you know, if you buy the nice thing, you'll... And even uh, fashion was part of that, too. It's like people started, like, there was, like, footage, video footage of this woman being like, uh, do you not wear the latest fashion? You, you know, you can express yourself and feel good about yourself and all this here. And it's, like, just, it, had, it changed, like, the whole country. And then, like, um, 
yeah that's and then eventually like after i think that might have been i think it might have been after world war Two that this happened where then basically oh because there was a one of their presidents oh dear i've forgotten now he basically um kind of went against that a little bit and against like the just against the promotion of like such a consumerist idea and then a lot of the big businesses in america were like oh we need to like go against this so then after that they're they basically democracy and capitalism became linked essentially which is weird yeah because it was interesting you tell me about that because the one thing you brought up was the woman smoking cigarettes yeah and you were saying about how it was like the the, you're taking a phallic symbol and then if you make because one more like yeah like smoke sort of thing got hired by like i don't know marlboro or whatever it was Big tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> to um, basically help them market cigarettes to women because no, no woman smoked at that time. It just wasn't like done. So he went to a psych- psychologist or psychoanalysis or whatever it was then. And he told him, it's like, oh, well, the cigarette is a phallic symbol. So if you can tie a woman smoking to um, gaining power over that, then you can convince them to smoke. So, and I think he just, I think it was like actresses he got to do it during like some parade or something that was already happening. And he knew that all these like photographers now would be there. So then he let slip that these women were going to do this act of rebellion and they all took out their cigarettes and light them up. Uh, and the word he used was like uh, lighting uh, their cigarette, like tiny torches of freedom just like tying it to the whole idea of like the the most american idea of all liberty the yeah, statue liberty, of liberty, liberty holding her torch yeah liberty so then freedom. so then you couldn't be against that whole thing then if you were if you come out and were like women shouldn't smoke cigarettes that meant you were against liberty you were and freedom yeah, yeah. yeah. oh As wow genius, that's like, yeah because it's like you're because defe- you you're defeating everyone's argument because it's yeah. such a, like you can't be anti-american because then if you're anti-american and you're a fucking communist yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so like, like as as evil as that was like i'll i'll, I'll applaud his logic and yeah. he's like i'll applaud the way he did it like that was foolproof plan and also like to be honest one more smoke obviously they should be able to as anyone can he should be able to as long as you accept the risks and consequences except maybe of course children yeah you know but um yeah but that's fantastic like you know you saying i can't smoke call me get, <laughs> get him yeah <laughs> string him up and good. burn him with cigarette butts it's a reminder that we are being manipulated all the time well i know uh facebook got in trouble in like like five or six years ago 20 maybe 24 i think maybe 2014 and it was a targeted ads which of course facebook is very famous for um they figured out like say at like three two half two three o'clock in the morning in like parts of America, you know, it changes uh, time as it goes on. Yeah. So they would target the ads for teenagers, and it was like this one ever teenagers would feel like most lonely. Oh yeah. And it would be like to fit in by this, and their targeted ads would be like yeah. buy this to fit in, buy this to be cool, buy this to be, you know, one of the crowd. Whenever they, whenever they be feeling most lonely, whenever you're a teenager, when you feel so angsty and you do feel so lonely and no one understands you, and they yeah. got in trouble because it was just straight up emotional manipulation, yeah. and it just it it made it probably them a lot. See, the problem is, is it probably made them more money than the finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Doesn't doesn't Ireland do that every year? With like a. Uh, what is it? Is it vehicle registration or something? There's some EU law that 
Ireland breaks every year and they just pay the fine because they make more money. Oh, no, that's carbon it. emissions. Carbon? Is it? Carbon, we, we buy credit from the EU every single year for carbon emissions. Our carbon emissions are always way over the top. And all we do is just buy the credit back. So instead of actually fixing the problem, we just essentially pay for it every yeah. year. But it, it can't, it's really kind of fucking annoying. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just like, because they... Oh, we're not getting this. Yeah. <laughs> I said enough. Of that. I said I would cast on the That is the record show that we do not approve of this behavior. <laughs> well, I just don't really approve of our Irish government whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably going to have to edit this out, but I'm just saying. Burn down Erectus. Who does approve? I want, show me them people. Where are they? I haven't burn, met any. <laughs> burn down Erectus. Stop building on a mountain of shit thinking it's going to smell better. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely cut that out, I don't know. <laughs> Thomas, that was gold. Yeah. I don't know, I think that was pretentious more than gold. <laughs> oh, I'm so edgy. <laughs> Who could be? I know something about politics. <laughs> Even though I don't, not really. I just know that we need to seize the means of production now. <laughs> I'm not that far, don't worry. I'm left, but I'm not far left. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about emo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I cannot seem to find his name. I can't remember. But there was a re- you were saying about the high 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 capitalism can win. I suppose is there was a wrestler back in the day in like the thirties or forties or fifties or something. But he um he was really big at the time. He would have been like the top wrestler of the time. Whenever wrestling was kind of uh, come uh, really coming up back in the day. And he refused to play shows, play shows, play a show in like Memphis or oh, somewhere yeah. like that. And uh, unless that, uh, uh, unless black people were allowed in, and if, if they were just allowed equal seating as well, they weren't allowed segregation. And the funny thing that happened was that um, it uh, kind of changed wrestling in a way that because they were allowed to go, they went and filled out the stadium. And uh, what <laughs> happened then was all of the wrestling promoters were like oh fuck we made so much fucking money because we just sold out a show because it was like the first sporting event in America that they were allowed to attend and was completely unsegregated and everything yeah. I just thought that was a funny way that capitalism worked <laughs> because it was like well fucking alright then because well, then they just they didn't ban then they allowed them uh, then they allowed black people at every single uh, wrestling event because yeah. they were like we'll make so much money but one of the reasons they went is because like this is the first time that we're allowed to f- that we're, this is the first time we're treated as equals in a sporting yeah. event I just that's, that's a funny way that capitalism worked in a positive it's such it's such an extremely positive way like I thought <laughs> it was funny yeah yeah that's the the problem like you have to that's how to get things done unfortunately is find a way to make get pe- get profit pe- yeah you gotta make pro- make it profitable mm. speaking of profitable let's talk about pop punk <laughs> 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 as we all know that's why I always make the joke that I'm into music for the money, <laughs> which, if you are a musician, is horribly sad and funny. <laughs> we don't which make is, money, which is so that like, <laughs> which has the money? <laughs> Can I have some money, please? Yeah, particularly the past fucking year and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just um, I think you said at the top of this episode we're going to talk about pop punk and stuff, mm. and I said it in the last episode. And uh, so, may as well get into it now. We've seen as we've been talking about last episode instead of uh, yeah. So, pop punk's actual full title is popular punk. It just in case you're wondering. <laughs> it's actually pop punk is actually short for daddy pump. 
I remember back in the day going to, I miss all the little mom and pop punk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mom and pop punk joints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I used to go share a black ice cream with my best goth gal. <laughs> <laughs> Not all this corporate car, corporate punk that you get now. The fucking the nameless uh, car, <laughs> faceless nameless. No, actually, if you want to say about pop punk, what is amazing is that how in what you could call because you told me about this, which is amazing, is Travis Barker, one of the probably the one of the the what would have been like the kings of pop punk, which were Blink One Eighty Two. Their drummer is now going out with what Courtney Kardashian, who's like yeah. the upper echelon of like fucking billionaire fucking model whatever the fuck she is kind of thing he's like going out with her and you're like because i remember you chatting about it and you were joking you're like think about it like a pop punk guy just he's going out with like a billionaire right now yeah <laughs> he made it he yeah, worked yeah. he worked it out i think he, he's literally living the dream yeah. <laughs> do you know what i always really like did you ever see travis parker and joe rogan and uh it's it's shortly after Joe Rogan had Tom DeLonge on. Right, and of okay. course, Tom DeLonge was just pretty much telling about UFOs all yeah. the time, which he's always been interested in. And what I loved is that uh, Tom, uh, sorry, Travis Barker does not sell out Tom DeLonge at all. He does not talk to him because Joe Rogan kind of goes a couple things. He was like, yeah, UFOs. And then like Travis yeah. Barker was like, oh, yeah, but sure. Like, I used to go on tour with him. You know, we, we'd get stoned and then it'd be like, come on, let's go search for UFOs. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's go. Like, and he'd go with them. Like, he didn't. He didn't dismiss him or talk to yeah. you know, him. He, he did. He just stood by his friend, which is really yeah. cool. But Joe Rogan kept kind of trying to sort of like make him. And Travis yeah. Barker was like, "No, no, sure, he's my friend." Like, and yeah. I yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, of course I'm looking for UFOs with him. He's my fucking mate." Like, yeah. I was like, "That's really just kind of." It shows that he 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 stuck to his guns and he you know he stuck by his friends. It, it makes him cooler yeah, like, to me. Yeah, yeah, you know that kind of way. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, he, Travis Barker does seem like one of those like genuinely cool guys like yeah it seems like he's he unpretentious he, and just like yeah he didn't he didn't let it all go to his head yeah kind of thing but it was just really cool to see that it was because it made me kind of like lose a bit of respect for joe rogan in the way that he's kind of like trying to probably get it on a good sound yeah. bite or something and travis barker's just like uh, nope <laughs> yeah. just like nope that's my friend because like the thing is as well about top log is everyone made fun of him for ufos for ages and he met with like top military advisors and all that shit coming out that they said about ufos he was like right the whole yeah. time <laughs> it's like you know, you've been fun of this guy for years and he's fucking right yeah <laughs> um what we just start off with like old school pop punk going to new school pop punk or like we could talk about what we yeah today. well I, th- I think one of the reasons i want to talk about it is because i do think that like emo and pop punk are kind of intrinsically linked oh yeah. like i touched on a little bit uh the last episode where i was talking about like what the descendants did i th- i think it was very it was a very similar conscious thing as like fugazi now we're doing to be more thoughtful and all like and because there was a reaction from the pop punk bands against the whole like after seeing bands like black flag and henry rollins and then going around being pure manly and aggressive and all that there to be like that alpha male to yeah to that yeah not even hyper hyper masculinity yeah Yeah, it was the opposite of that yeah even like their singers it's like a it's got a little white kid (laughs) a nerd with glasses who uh i don't know if you know this he's like a biologist Oh, really cool. Yeah, the, the first Descendants album is called My Look Goes to College, and that's why. Because, and he's like, he, over his whole career, he leaves the band and goes and like studies, and then comes back and joins them for a while. See, I really like that because that's pretty cool to me. Because like, yeah. LP, like 
but chemistry and biology would to be thinking I'd be kind of I suppose I'm, I'm I would be classified as like a biochemist at the moment mm-hmm. probably more of a chemist but it would still be more like I a think he does he might I think he's in the chemist it could be biochemistry a lot of there's a lot of the crossover yeah. anyway, same as yeah. usually is, but usually he kind of focuses on but I really like that because like biology would have been like one of my main focuses I think biology was the main one but I think he was like into all like, that molecular, like what I was talking about earlier with the guy Kerry Mullis like he would probably be classified as a molecular biologist yeah. which would be and molecular biology is essentially like the chemical reactions in cells so that's why it's kind of biochemistry in that sense of it's a crossover of both yeah. but it's more it's like in the same way that math rock and like all these other genres of music have subgenres. it's kind of the same with science these days too you can have biology but biology is an umbrella term for biochemistry molecular biology which also has crossover into chemistry and crosses over into physics as well you know it's the same as everything there's a lot of yeah. subgenres of science into going into it. like you know yeah. you have physics theoretical physics particle physics all that kind of stuff you know yeah but it's just because it's just because the, the initial the initial trilogy in science would be um, physics, biology, yeah. chemistry, like, but the holy trinity of science, pretty much, yeah. But it's the same as like it used to be, like, <laughs> rock, yeah, like pop, fucking all that stuff. Yeah. But know. yeah, another reason I want to talk about pop punk is because there's been a lot of uh, talk the last, I suppose, over the last year, I guess, of like the comeback of pop punk because um, Machine Gun Kelly released a pop punk album. Um, Mod's son now has also released one. He's got a song starring Avril Lavigne, who we mentioned briefly earlier. Oh, man. And I was showing you Olivia Rodrigo yeah. earlier, too. Who is a Disney kid who went on to do pop punk, which yeah. you were telling me a lot of people are kind of giving out the fact that she's a Disney kid, whereas I have yeah. more respect for the fact that she could have been turned into like the next kind of like Ariana Grande or something, and she decided to be like, no, I want to go make fucking pop punk music. Yeah. So she made pop punk yeah, music. Which is it's just interesting because she was on... Um, she was on uh, Hot Ones talking about it, and she's saying like she was born in two thousand three, but she's obsessed with the nineties. <laughs> so like this sound is clearly genuine, like and yeah, like I was. That's what she likes to listen to. Like. Yeah, and like people have been hailing the Machine Gun Kelly album as like the return to form of pop punk. I think I I don't agree at all. I have listeners or no, but I it, there's there's some weird like I don't know if it's gatekeeping is the right word, but it's like. I've noticed on the online communities, it's like you're not allowed to badmouth like Mod Son or Machine Gun Kelly because if you do, you're like a genre traitor. It's like, oh, you don't. It's like if you like pop punk, you must support these artists. And I completely disagree because I don't think what they're doing is very good at all. Yeah, you think it's more it's more of a generic pop punk than it is fucking. Well, like we're. It's funny we were talking about um. What are we at? Is brought to you in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> That's all, I, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. It's just singular, so live studio audience. Uh, audience. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, Caden McCool, the drummer of Fierce Pit Bosses, who you may know as the band of the other host, <laughs> is now joined us to sit in on this session as we dis- we thoroughly talk about all of the problems that happened in the war in Afghanistan. Kieran, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's getting cut. <laughs> Um, yeah, we just had a wee break there, but uh, the last thing you said, Thomas, was... Um, probably useless. Uh-huh. Probably useless. <laughs> no, no, you, you asked uh, if, if like, the the new pop-punk was more generic, and funnily, we were talking about um, Travis Barker, Yeah. and, yeah, like, I kind of see the new pop-punk as being, um, it's like... The sound it's recreating is like the, the was the death of pop punk. It was like the 
it's harking back to the the that era, like the Blink One Eighty Two and um, Simple Plan and all all yeah. those ones that which were like when pop punk died, basically. Yeah, but, but we were out there, like we we would have been the right age for like that was the peak of pop punk. That was the yeah. that was really, which the commercial peak, but not the creative peak. Yeah, but you know, you know what I mean. But that, but that, yeah, exactly. That's when it became the mainstream. That's when you but had Blink One Day Two, Paramore, you had Fall Out Boy. When like, but I do they were it, fucking, they were well, yeah, worldwide phenomenon. Paramore probably an exception. I would say that actually survived and <laughs> thrived afterwards. No, but I mean, but they've still hit their peak as yeah. as Blink did, and all would have been during our kind of like teenage yeah. years. But like, um, yeah, but it's it's weird that the what's being recreated is the the end the end of that era of pop punk but i and i think the decline. what i what i hope yeah the, the the decline what i hope will happen is these bands uh modson uh machine gun kelly, machine gun kelly they're the two ones everyone seems to be chatting about um, well, we should be chatting about Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, we should. Because we just listened to like two or three of her songs because <laughs> I put them on even though I'd only heard them first time today but, before um, the podcast. <laughs> they're recreating. Yeah, they're, they're, they're recreating from the decline of pop Yeah, well, what I'm hoping was that their popularity will re- reignite the genre even if, like, I don't think they're doing anything really original or even memorable. I've listened to both their hubs and, and, and like, I can't remember any gins or anything. It's just, yeah, they're very, like, they've got... It's like there's no song structure. I don't think, and uh, that's a, that's punk. <laughs> Ramon songs get stuck in my head. Yeah, Shingo Kelly songs don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and like, yeah, that's the weird thing I was saying about like there's this weird attitude of like you can't you can't like criticize them or whatever, which is complete bullshit because that's how we get good stuff. Yeah, and like, uh, I. Th- Luckily, I have this uh, podcast as a document of how I like pop. <laughs> we had a whole episode dedicated to Dua Lipa. Yeah, so it's not re- like you're saying it from yeah. a biased perspective, I've being like, I don't like pop. I've recommended uh, Lizzo as well. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. So, it's not a biased perspective of being like, I think pop yeah. is shit. It's, yeah, I just think what they're doing isn't great. It's an uninspired. Mm. And, yeah, but there's so many, there's so many pop punk bands and... That's again to the emo conversation. Like a lot of them, pop punk. The the, the the word pop punk basically means that sound. But I I I like to me it's it's more like wider than that. Like the all the emo emo bands, like uh, like the ones in the style of Weezer that I was saying. Like that to me is pop, is equally pop punk. Like uh, Prince Daddy and the Hyena or uh, uh, Chosened, really good pop punk band uh roswell kid are very weezer sounding but still really good <laughs> wearing their influence on the sleeves and uh yeah and uh, and a bigger name olive rodrigo i think she, like she's the one i think that should be the the resurgence the, yeah the uh the what would you call it, like the beacon for like the resurgence yeah the heralding of the herald yeah because yeah, it's what she's doing to me is way more genuine and more of an update on what the genre is. Yeah. She's doing it. Because like you said, was it jealousy 
Jealousy, which is the one that you were like, has like the Nine Inch Nails kind of vibes. Which yeah, it, it sounds does. like a Trent Reznor with a pop song. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's like, but just because it's Trent Reznor with a pop song doesn't mean it's bad because it's a pop song. It's just a fucking great song. Yeah. Yeah. Where like the Machine Gun Kelly stuff is just so by the numbers. Just like this is what a pop punk song is supposed to sound like, where at least what she's doing is... It sounds like her. Yeah, it sounds like her. Yeah, it's it's honest and open and emotion and emotional. The fucking emo yeah. Disney kid that she is. Yeah, uh, even like we because like, whenever we put them on, we had the lyric videos up and like, yeah, yeah. So you can actually read the lyrics, and yeah, the and get it more. It's pure emo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like yeah, because one is like the cold comparison and fucking how she feels comparing herself to other people. I was like, well, that's angsty as hell. That's yeah, cool as shit, man. That's great. <laughs> oh, you don't fit in. Get used to it, sister. All right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've been doing this. I've been I've fed in for twenty eight years. <laughs> yeah, and that's and the other band that I showed you today too, Citizen. That that was one yeah, that fucking I fucking excellent. I hadn't and, and you I, showed. I actually just want to point out because Owen showed me one from like each of their albums too. Yeah. He showed that they are different. That you can see their second album seemed to have more grunge influence, and then yeah. they went more into like the into more of the pop genre, but they were pop punk because of it. That yeah. kind of way. Yeah, like. It was. I only. Re- I hadn't planned on talking about them this episode, but over the last week, I realized that they were a perfect sort of bridge between the the emo sound that I was talking about to the pop and pop punk because they get called. Uh, I think they're soft grunge. Is that a genre? Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, Man, I f- you can put out names in anything. It'll be a genre. Yeah. It's like we got fucking f- some fish metal. I've like it's grand. It's just fishermen. <laughs> Making metal, like I don't know. I've heard like uh, Finn McKenty called them sad boy punk, but I don't think that's a real genre. <laughs> Finn McKenty from the NBA um, or punk rock NBA, which I brought up in the Something emo episode yet. as well. Soft grunge is like a genre or an aesthetic. Huh? It's like a genre or an aesthetic. Yeah. There's a lot of tags for it on Instagram and stuff. For that, for like clothes and stuff. For the sad boy pop punk, that one. No, for soft grunge. Oh, for soft grunge. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And we officially have every single member of Fierce Pit Bosses featuring on the podcast. Nice. We did it. <laughs> Shut her down, boys. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> See you all later. Thank you to all of our listeners, Morrow and Morrow again. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, th- there's other bands in that. Uh, is it mo- Movements? Oh, God. I've forgotten. <laughs> anyway, there's a, that, I don't know, whatever genre they are, post-grunge of some kind, I suppose. They're of a grunge genre, yeah. anyway. Grungy, grungy emo. Pop. Grungy emo <laughs> pop punk. Yeah, and, um, yeah, so, um, th- that's also my uh, album recommendation this time. Because uh, I think their first album, Youth, has become like a, a modern classic at this stage. Like, it's really, really good. And yeah, like I showed, as Thomas said, I showed him a song from every album and how they progress. And like they're like youth has a is a good balance of like catchiness and heaviness. And then like their second album, they got a bit heavier, I think. And then uh, their third album. Uh, oh, what's that called again? Soft Grunge, the musical. <laughs> Um, it's not as you please, is it? Please as you as. No. Maybe it is. <laughs> I'll call it as you please for now. I don't know if that's the album, but anyway, yeah. Like I went back and listened to that one, and I forgot how even that one had been going to more towards a more like main. I don't know. I don't want to say mainstream, but definitely 
popular production, more acoustic mm-hmm. guitars, softer songs. But you see, what I like about that is because that shows like a like an involvement of what they're doing. Yeah, like, they didn't they didn't pick they they got, they didn't pick one sign and stick with that, and that's what was so. So we got confirmation. It's as you please. So we checked out that album. But what I found from each album is because there was a progression. And what I like is whenever you see bands evolve properly, is they essentially do a different genre, but somehow keep their same sound. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like every single one of their songs, I'm pretty sure if you were to just listen to it, I'd be like, that's a citizen song. Yeah. But yet it's all in a different genre. Yeah. Which is just that's that's how you know a band is fucking good at what they do because yeah. they have their own unique sound, but they can do their sound in different genres. And then I sh- I showed you the. Um the sort of making of, of oh, their yeah, new album. If you get a chance, check out on YouTube. It's like the tour of was it? Gl- I think Gl- I just say I think I just typed in "citizen behind the scenes" or something citizen like that, Band- or, or "citizen out. making of." I think, but it's really cool. And it just the, comes up. The uh, the lead singer and songwriter, and he does his own stuff as well. He he just built in like his like his parents' house, like in his garage. Like he just made his own studio, but he made a professional quality studio yeah. in like three to four months with his brother and it's class because he's just taking a tour but then he does a whole bit where he shows like he starts talking about like one thing in one of their songs is he literally went into a mic and was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and he's like so this is what it sounds like and he shows you how he added the effects to make the sound yeah. and he shows you through it it's and he's just, on it talking about there's a bit where it's just him hitting a glass with a pencil that's right yeah so he had a glass with a pencil and, yeah. how, and how he just like he added like reverb or what is it they make a joke he's like and we added like the decapitator on it and then they all laugh so obviously that's yeah the they, thing they he like does. he like looks at the guy and he's like classic or yeah, so, yeah, something yeah. like that so or, obviously that's something he does quite or, often or he's like of course or yeah, so, yeah, yeah. something like that <laughs> so no one we look it's like <laughs> that's, a, that's a trope for them it must obviously. be that distortion that they always use just like but uh, it was a very yeah. it was a very good because it's a very open and honest behind the scenes yeah. it goes through it and then it's talking because even one of the funnier parts of it is they chatted about one of their songs the guitar it's actually he made a mistake but they thought it sounded good so yeah. he kept it in and so he's sitting there being like you know it's just a bad guitarist who you know makes a mistake doesn't really yeah. know how to play and then the guy's like shut up man <laughs> it's, very, it's very well done but it, it, it made me appreciate the songs and listened more because it shows yeah. the the work that they've put in and this goes to something i've actually talked to you about kieran the the, the uh, notice that it uh, seems to be a pretty common trajectory of like p- punk bands or bands from like a that background anyway going in a more poppy direction over the over their albums and like i think it's for that reason like you can't you can't put in a sound of a pencil hitting a glass if you're playing hardcore music yeah. <laughs> like I th- like it makes sense to me. I like to hear people going in that pop direction because it opens them up to more production, mm. experimentation, and different sounds but and all. I like would, and I'd even say, on like a kind of, like I think it gives them an ability to be more creative, and and I'd rather see that than people just feeling that they have to stick. turn out the same thing over and over again. But like I would say, and like kind of a curveball stick. Would I really like and appreciate about like like Tyler the Creator, the rapper? Because he did like the Wolf trilogy of albums. And they're very aggressive and like angry rap songs. And then um, he started bringing out new stuff. And his stuff, like particularly for like the rap genre, his stuff is very experimental. But he even came out and said, because people were complaining, saying that he stopped being like kind of his own sound. And he was like, when I was wrote all his albums, I was like angry and depressed and stuff. And he's like, I'm not like angry and depressed anymore. So I'm not going to keep writing music that's angry and depressed yeah. and I need to deal with those emotions. He's like, I've dealt with those emotions and I've dealt with that stuff and now I am experimenting and writing the stuff that I want to write now. Yeah. I'm not going to stick to what I did because I've done that and what's the point of doing that again and yeah. doing that again, doing that again when I want to do new stuff. And he is a very, very experimental rapper yeah. as it would be, particularly for him being so mainstream. Yeah, and it's like um, that 
it was one of the songs I put on for you, and you were you're kind of surprised by it because I played you the other stuff first, mm. and it was like where he's actually screaming and stuff in it, and it's yeah, they're more like, like the fry vocals, and yeah. like, it was very, it was very grungy, and yeah. it was like even the but the lyrics and the video even was entirely yeah. of like I felt like it could be like a fucking could have been like an Alice and Chains video yeah. or something from like the early nineties or yeah. some shit like, but, but it I, I wasn't. Do, I, f- I I can relate though to that. Like, because I do find sometimes if you I write a song that's like it's really aggressive or whatever, it's almost like I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, it's like you put in you, a you put in a big dirty riff and you're like, that's grand now. Yeah, but you got those emotions out. You got what you wanted across. So it's like I'm not, you're not going to keep fucking. It's, it's the same way you don't want to repeat yourself yeah. with everything you're saying. Why would you want to repeat everything you're saying with your music? Then yeah. you're just going to make one. Like you're going to instead of making even a concept album, you're going to make an album full of songs with the same point. That's not what a concept album does. Yeah, that's not what a an album is supposed to do yeah you can make a point but you're making a point over 10 tracks you're not supposed to be making 10 points they're <laughs> the same point 10 times sorry over 10 <laughs> tracks <laughs> over an hour like <laughs> another one of my favorite bands at the minute uh foxen they've gone a similar trajectory like where their first album and this is a term that everyone understands now because i made a whole podcast their first album is very Midwest emo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that typical sound. It's uh, quite Hawthorne Heights. It's quite it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite raw and everything. And then their second album is kind of that again, but more polished, I suppose. Mm. And then their third album, which is one of my favorite albums of the last like ten years, uh, maybe top top ten albums of all time, possibly. Mm. I re- like I really love that album, uh, Nearer to God or Nearer My God, I think it's called. Um, and I heard that described as like the album. Um, the album The Killers Wish They Could Make or something like that because it's that's like that's who we're going to say the album that got you closer to God <laughs> <laughs> because it's like the, they were acknowledging that there is a poppiness but it, they're still at an experimental like it's yeah. really nicely produced the like the 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 sound textures and like all these effects that are like it's going out on its own and it's could it could be a pop album almost but it's just that it's yeah, just a little bit niche. Yeah, yeah. Don't think I'll say so. And then their new, their new album has come out this year as well. And it's like, there's more, like, there's songs that are borderline, like, dance dance numbers. And then, yeah. but the first song is, like, pure, like, raw angst. He's, like, screaming. And then it gets, like, yeah, it's a gr- great album as well. Mm. And just to tie back to why I'm talking about this, um, is it, I wish these were the bands that got talked about in the pop quote-unquote pop-punk discussion. Instead of like, Machine Gun Kelly, these are ones instead that are of... Actually I can't even remember to, who the fuck he else is. Yeah. A mod son, mod yeah. son, yeah. These are ones that are actually pushing That's the genre. That's a forgettable Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They're actually pushing the genre and pushing the genre but, of pop. But you see... Pushing both the genres. But like, you see, the reason for that is it's just because Machine Gun Kelly is who he is and yeah. it's just because of that and so people are going to talk about that and because people like him they're going to hail him as that because sometimes they can get like that because if it's an artist is really good that sometimes if they make something bad people won't say it's fucking bad yeah and it's like and like you know you could have the argument of being that like you know people i don't think people that didn't like uh like didn't pit in like pinkerton too much when it came out with weezer or they didn't like like paul's boutique whenever it came out for like the beastie boys but then looking back they became called classics but i'd say from what you're telling me going to Evelyn's album i'd say i don't imagine that this is going to happen to machine gun kelly's album for pop punk you know what I mean? Uh, no. no, you know what I mean. Like you know what I mean. There's, there's a difference. Yeah. I feel like you can, you can still tell the difference. And that's the of whole, that's like what a, you know will eventually be good, yeah. or like what people will eventually respect. But that, what you that's what I'm what saying. Isn't. That's the, the optimistic side of me is hoping that people will use that as a gateway and find, yeah. find all their stuff. Which, in and be which like, we all have kind of gateway yeah. bands into different genres. As I'm saying, mine would have been like. 
probably like as I'm saying, like would have been like every time I die and Dildur escape plan where it jumps it up rather for like getting into then the chariot who then like became yeah. like every time I die in a chariot two of my favourite bands and like they're really heavy kind of math core kind of bands. And but it would have been like I would have had to have gateway songs gateway artists into that yeah. like you know which you would have listened to stuff slightly heavier and then that was like granted i kind of feel like i just went off the deep end then yeah. <laughs> got slightly heavier cutting indie to rock and then i was like didn't really like metal too much which it seems like further afield and then i was like hardcore perfect <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to shit on machine gun kelly too much either like if anyone likes it then good for them like i can see but i, I understand what you mean appeal. but i can understand what you there's mean there's that song what's which is the one with uh forget you with um halsey yeah, huh. yeah. no but like i'm not saying that he's just so, i know what you mean it's McCool just like, just uh opened up and admitted that he likes machine gun yeah, <laughs> fucking forget forget me. you forget me forget me i think uh, yeah that is a good tune uh, i think it's a really good song yeah so there you go like uh just because i'm saying he's he's not the future of the genre doesn't mean he doesn't have but it's just the same as it's like you know it'd be like somebody being like fucking uh like how would I say it? It would be like somebody being like, um, you're saying future genre or like not the best. It'd be like somebody being like it's kind of like almost like a Metallica Megadeth thing. It's like you're not yeah. like, you could say Metallica is the best, like no, but then somebody could say Megadeth is best. But it's like you, neither of you are wrong. Yeah, you know, you could say you, like for, some, for someone they might get into pop punk because Machine Gun Kelly's album and it'd be like that's the best pop yeah, punk yeah. album I've ever listened to. But you're like, but you're like no, but um, my in my yeah. opinion, I think really that these bands are doing pop punk more justice, yeah. which is fair enough. It's and not that, it's not well that he's too, doing it wrong. It's just that he's doing it different. But it's just that he's also maybe not doing it fully pop punk. There is, and as well, like he's like thirty one, and there's like <laughs> stop being angsty. <laughs> Oh no, I'm 30, like, and I'm making pop punk, but so like, I'm not shitting on it for that. But it, it was more like there's stuff where he was like, it was like celebrating, like, I can't remember what song it was, but it felt like it was like glamorizing, like, kids taking drugs and stuff like that. And I was like, come on, man, you've got a bit of a responsibility here, like, yeah, to yeah, 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 teenagers you take drugs, and by that I mean 19 year olds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm only joking, but I'm gonna edit that out, man. But... <laughs> I'm definitely gonna lose my job. <laughs> Fuck. But like I mean, <laughs> like, uh, um, like I don't think there's wrong with anything wrong with even uh, bringing those subjects up in um, songs. But when he he's consciously uh, marketing himself towards that, he made a whole, and I'll give him kudos for this because I think this is a great idea. He basically did a whole movie album musical thing, mm. where his whole album is one big video on youtube it's like an hour or so long and it's all tied together and it's like it's kind of like um the green green day like uh jesus suburbia where it's like yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff and that's it's like all linked and all that yeah. and i think it's like i think it's like semi-autobiographical from what i've gathered about his own like life or whatever or maybe it's like a an idealized version of his own life and it's like kids in school and playing guitar and joining a band and all this kind of stuff so like he's clearly marketing himself like if you're singing about like taking drugs when you're marketing yourself at adults, then fine. But if you're marketing yourself as at kids, I think that's when you got to be yeah, like, because like you got to remember your audience, they're yeah, vulnerable and they're impressionable. And you could be marketing yourself to somebody who's growing up and doesn't have a fucking notion what they're going to do. And you're going to be like, right, this cool guy said, go take drugs and I'm going to take drugs and I'm going to go on overdo it and hurt themselves. Yeah. Whereas you there's a way, there's a way you can do it. There's a way you can do it without glamorizing it too. I think like, 
number eight, see, the thing show, is, you, you, you can glam. Can... I think you can glamorize all you want if you're at least honest about the downsides as well. You can glamorize. You, you could have an entire song about how this shit is fun. It's so fun to get drunk and party with all your friends. Yeah. And then you have to fuck, but you have to follow up with how shit you feel the next day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how the fact that you are anxious as shit. Yeah. That's you, what I mean. You, you show the reality. Well, not, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, you don't. You don't. You don't give it a Hollywood movie spec of like this is great all the time. You give it the honest of, of like. This is bad. Like that uh, bad dirty, dirty Nil song that I really like, the I'm Done With Drugs. <laughs> I hope they're done with me too. <laughs> really enjoyed that. For the reality, not for the, like, uh, drugs or classes. Like, yeah, for the honesty. Yeah, of, yeah they're not always like it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the other band I was going to bring up that I planned on bringing up this uh, episode before I realized how well Citizen fit in was uh, Charlie Bliss, which I showed you as well today. Yeah. And, like, they're a great example, I think, of just a band that's gone from... I Like, I was trying to come up with the words today for you. The first album was, like, indie punk is mm. what I settled on. Yeah, but that happens a lot because, like, sometimes if, like, a punk band or a pop-punk band kind of does, like, a couple of lighter songs, even one lighter song, it can kind of verge into the indie kind of sound yeah. because of that. Because it's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's almost like the switch of distortion gave, on and off. <laughs> I just gave it the indie sort of thing because it's not straight ahead punk. It's a bit more experimental, but it can get, like, quite aggressive in points. So yeah. Like, I just wanted to give a more broader <laughs> idea of what they sound like. Kind of I might even stick in a couple of songs when I'm editing this. Uh, because their second album then just goes pure like it's almost like 80s synth pop mm, which you, which you then showed me then yeah. as well yeah which it really is a more and you were saying isn't it the uh it's the snare drum has the kind of like uh i said it's it sounds like they should have they have a second guy on stage who's gonna hit it and, like chalk dust flies yeah. up everywhere it's like something like waiting there for like a minute and he's like yeah <gasps> yeah the title track of that album young enough it's like there's the drum in it is so over the top reverb mm. like it just sounds like a straight. And, and then you showed me what was it the Simon and Garfunkel like, song? It was record. That drum was uh, was hit in the eighties and it's still echoing now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the Simon and Garfunkel song, "The Boxer," where I heard that it was like recorded in a bottom, like they had a drum at the bottom of an an abandoned elevator shaft, and it was like hitting it and it's echoing up the walls. Mm, which is pure cool, like <laughs> that's what it sounds like anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And, but going back to that album, like like I really enjoyed the first album. Whenever I heard their their new stuff, then the second album, I got so excited. I was like, "Whoa!" Like this is not what I was expecting, and I I loved it. Like I actually think I like that album more, even though it's not like the music what, I'm supposed to like. Yes, yeah, it wouldn't like, be your like primary from listening a, from music. Like a pure creative standpoint, I was like, "Class!" Mm. Like do this. I, I was like, when I heard it, I was like, please be the biggest band in the world. Like, I was like, but like, it's the same as everything, but like, it's the same as like everything with like music. Like, you don't really want to see people do the same thing. If you want to take like, say, like directors like Quentin Tarantino, he, he's, he's, he's going to do in total like 10 movies in his career, and every movie is like, distinctly Quentin Tarantino, but every movie is like distinctly different, except maybe like the ones like Kill Bill 1 and 2, because they're similar. Like, they'll all, they'll all have the ultra violence, they'll all have probably a lot of swear words and stuff in them, but like, you know, you can't compare Django Unchained to like once upon a time in hollywood as being like the exact same type of movie yeah. one is a western and one is like historical fiction about hollywood they're both very different but both they're both historical fiction even no they actually are both yeah, yeah i suppose historic fiction but like they're both you can watch them and be like that's a quinkin tarantino movie that has a thing but it's not the exact same type of movie it's not like a transformers movie yeah. or even a marvel movie i'll even say it's not like it yeah. doesn't have that formula it doesn't have that it's like uh -huh. it has his it has his style 
but it's not the same yeah, story. It's, the same it's not the same. It's not the same three act. It's not the same yeah. movie. You know, but you don't. You don't want to hear a band do the same thing over and over. That's and like um, Lizzo, who I brought up or briefly mentioned, she talked about that. Uh, her, oh, what's that album called? Uh, juice, juice, probably yeah, because that's her. That, well, that's her biggest hit, anyways. Juice. Am I, I think that's loose? the name of the album. I'm on my juice. Hair done. Check my nails. Maybe how I feel. I'm feeling good as hell. Hear that about ten times a day. It's not. Yeah, it's the album. <laughs> like, it's the album after that. I probably know every single word <laughs> in like three of her songs because it's played so much on repeat. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just thinking. I maybe I've said this in the podcast, but whatever. It fits the subject so matter. I repeat so myself. I'll, all I'll the repeat time. myself. I repeat myself. Repeat myself. <laughs> call me Tommy two times Tommy two times <laughs> okay so Kieran pulled it up for us there it's uh cause I love you <laughs> I almost forgot again um yeah problems got that out <laughs> so it's called cause I love you yeah okay and uh pitchfork uh gave her like a bad review because she said it was too many genres and it was like um uh, not specific enough that's bollocks yeah <laughs> and her response was i'm the genre yeah oh that's a pretty yeah. good response i don't I, yeah. i'll admit i don't really like listening much but i'll admit not like not like not like her response obviously i wouldn't say i'm a biggest fan of her music is what i mean i have, well, no, pro- that, I have no problem with her, think, but that's an excellent response yeah. that's a fucking that's a ball that album is great um it's like um, I know you're probably like like it's, everyone is is like worn out on the. You see, for me, you have to remember a lot of these songs are like associated with work yeah. for me. What's, so what's the one you were singing? The uh, hair done, get my nails, baby. I feel feeling good as, as hell. hell. Good as hell, yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. that one especially was everywhere. Yeah, but you see, because you hear it like ten yeah. times a day in radio, and I'm at work, so when I hear that, I'm like, <sighs> but that's that's standards. not on that, that's not on that album either. That was on the face. EP. That was on the EP before Sorry. that album. Yeah, yeah. So, I'd st- I'd say give it a listen anyway. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised because even like it's like every or like uh, PTSD from work. <laughs> Switched on pop did like a thing where they went through the tracks and they were like every track they identified two different genres on it and then like they went to the next. That's one. cool. Like, I did know that. Yeah. that makes respect, but like I have to admit that's a great response. I love whenever. Yeah. But I it's lo- just it, what you're saying about like it doesn't matter about the genre. It's like your creative your creative sort of vision will be the thing that holds it, to, ties yeah. it together. That will that's, be like that's the theme. The integrity. Yeah. Because if you, if you had like, like, I know it wouldn't happen, but if she was like, I'm sorry you didn't like the album, you'd be like, fuck you. you not, yeah. like, not like, fuck you. You'd be like, stand up for yourself. Like, and almost like not listen to her, even though I probably should more because yeah. she's saying that. I'd be like, no, but like to have that integrity and stand up by what you made is another thing. Like, it's a strange criticism to you, the pitchfork thing, because like they basically criticized her for her setting out for her achieving exactly what she set out to do. <laughs> yeah, to like, be honest, it's probably more of a compliment to her than yeah. an insult. Um, like, what I find funny is Pitchfork... And also oh, a lot of the big artists don't seem to like Pitchfork at all. Yeah, it's really, like, hipsterish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, it's... Sorry, we're going to send back from Kieran here. Uh, pitchfork's a cunt. There we go. More like Pitchfuck. More like... <laughs> pitch more like... Pitch pussies. <laughs> um, well, that's... No chance of us ever getting reviewed on Pitchfork now. Fuck him. You've yeah, reviews these fuck cons. They they are like the hipster like hipster like a uh, magazine or whatever. But yeah, I meant to say that I'm she, pretty hipster. She did like um, <laughs> she did consciously uh, make do all that genre happen because she didn't want to be pigeonholed as like the the, the black females with the soulful voice or whatever. Yeah, like she yeah. didn't want she didn't want any of that. So she purposely was like, all right. 
mm. uh, like pigeonhole me now kind of thing yeah do what i want to say about pigeonholes i just want to say because i want to give a shout out to this man even though <laughs> speaking I, of pigeonholes no 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 because no. no, i want to say i want to say because owen owen showed me something last night which i was stunned by one how much i loved it and two how much i couldn't believe a man who i thought that would have been pigeonholed wasn't was i heard a new song by tom jones last night oh yeah and i have to say i was amazed and in love because i couldn't believe that this eight-year-old man made this incredible and we before that i put on the song F- from when he was 27 yeah and singing live and like yeah. uh, for a man that i just immediately would have 81 I, I think yeah and like, uh, like for, but for a man that i literally would have known probably mostly from the fresh prince of bel-air and uh, <laughs> what's new pussycat oh to do this song you can leave what's, your what, head on <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah what's what's it called actually um do you know the name of it off the top of your head um it's what rob always puts <laughs> out about oh television oh Tele- yeah yeah tv Reality TV something. Is my phone in there? You can drop it into me if it is. What up? I know what you're thinking. You're like, you know, we're giving a shout out to all these bands that are probably pretty unknown. And it's like, why am I giving a shout out to a man, Tom Jones, that everyone knows? And I'm like, because it's like, it's like, like, it sounds like Tom Jones singing Radiohead, that yeah, song. Like. Yeah, that was a perfect example. <laughs> and I just have to say that, like, see, this is what I love about, like, sometimes what artists do is this is a man going entirely out of his genre at like 81. And making a fucking amazing song that blew me away, and you're kind of stunned because yeah, great. because Tom Jones made it. But <laughs> but the fact that Tom Jones made the song doesn't take away from the song being such a great song. It's not like a cop out, if you know what I mean. And his voice is still great. Yeah, talking reality television blues. That's it. Yeah, it's um. I'd say listen to that because you'd listen to it and be like, I just can't believe it's Tom Jones, but yeah. it doesn't stop it from being a fucking class tune. I briefly mentioned. Uh, like hyper pop artists and stuff like that uh, on the emo one and i think like that kind of could be the future of like pop punk because specifically there's a um i don't know if they call it like a remix uh 100 100 gecks with uh patrick stump on it and a load of other guest stars and it's specifically this and that version is like this sounds like Hyper pop punk, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and I do th- new genre named here <laughs> first time. <laughs> yeah, I do think that could be that could be a really good way for both of those genres to go as well. Because I think like some of that hyper pop stuff is really cool, but it's like it's like dubstep or something where it's almost like a meme already because it's so over the top. Yeah, and I think like uh, sort of uh, balancing it with like a with a punky sound, like a more grounded, you know, like that really glitchiness with a band. To ground it more yeah. could be a good uh could be a good future i don't know that's what the kids are doing they could they'll work it out but yeah. i do think that like um it's probably going to burn itself out really quickly mm. same as like because it's it's the same with these like like these discussions that I, uh, about like machine gun kelly and all this year uh like there was a period where it was all i'd see online on facebook like from the different groups i'm in mm. and it's just gone away again it's like th- these things are very flash in the pan e so maybe it's good that a band like citizen who've just been doing their thing for the last like i don't know 10 years or so yeah, maybe yeah, i don't six, know what. was it 2014 you said the first album was it that was it six years seven remember. years or oh, i actually can't remember off the top of my head yeah i can't remember when the first one came out but give or take when they farmed and when the album came out say about 10 years maybe it's better to to have that and build up in a more normal or a more um a more gradual uh fan base fan base and like 
a more like steady fan base and stuff like that. Well, I suppose even for them, it's just steady production or, of of music for them as well, and of the genres that like that's kind of like because of the way they've done it now for themselves they'll always be able to make music because he made a fucking studio in his house that they can always do what they want so <laughs> yeah. that's gonna be able to what I like about that is because that doesn't that creates a new freedom for them because it means that they're n- not gonna be limited by trying to get studio time or a studio or a producer what's the average track of the day? well seeing as we're talking about um, pop punk and we need an Irish track who else could it be but my guys Tune and for No, I was going to say fierce pit bosses, but okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I'll let you uh, talk about fierce pit bosses, so it's not me. Yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. Well, yeah. But I would have thought. If you want to give us a wee plug, I'll definitely give you a wee plug. Is there? I would. Plug me, I daddy. thought if it wasn't for COVID, you would have been an up and coming pop punk band in that scene, being comparable to probably Tunes and Foil. And that's uh, the unfortunate thing about COVID was the wee setback, which will hopefully yeah. be uh, hopefully be gone soon anyway but um definitely do give these guys a listen because they're even though i don't write as, as much as i really want to they're a band i would listen to when i'm trying to write along with other bands huh. but one of the reasons that i try and do that is because that's a f- one of my best friends making music and doing the stuff that he wants to do so it gives me more of an inspiration for me trying to do the stuff that i want to do and it's because of that now granted mostly when i l- write i would like stop listening to music eventually to just kind of focus more on the writing but i usually try and do stuff to try and because whenever you sit down to do something, usually, well, particularly write, you'll sit down there for about fucking half an hour and not actually do anything. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you actually be listening to something. But I prefer to keep it that kind of a way. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, definitely give, obviously, the Fierce Fist Bosses a shout. And it's okay for me to give the plug because I'm not a member of the band. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, man. Yeah. And uh, to quote every local band on your Facebook feed, big things coming soon <laughs> <laughs> we actually might have a little gig coming up which uh it's gonna be actually that's not big that's massive because yeah. it's because of covid like yeah. it's like fucking I, c- I won't say anymore because it's not confirmed yet but hopefully um yeah so let's roll track <laughs> yeah okay is this one i've heard before actually probably i'm a number at home you're a number abroad I don't know what to do But I'll remember your face anytime, place If it's the last thing that I'll ever do I remember the streets unfolded like a map it was in the oldest part of the city My mother told me stories of when she was a child And we watched clothes dry on a balcony And there was a choir Singing gospels loud and clear Oh no, I didn't know how to feel And that was the last time I took Holy Communion I had to walk to the altar to see their faces clear And when you asked me if I was okay I couldn't answer But oh 
I think that actually is a great example of like my point like that's almost like a a punk band playing a pop song which is kind of the way i like try it's more punk pop some might say yeah <laughs> like that's and like it's basically the way i think of it whenever i'm approaching writing a song it's like whenever i said i'm just gonna i'm like usually it's like right let's try and just write a great song catchy song good chorus all that and then by the time we play it live we're playing it with loud guitars and drums and it just turns into a punk song like that's mm. basically the approach also for you 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 take the song and you'd bring it to Morrow and Cairn yeah and then you have to then their inputs into the song yeah. as well like you know there's that part as well yeah and like I talked to uh, Stu the the bass player and one of the singers and he was saying that like I, th- I think he said something along the lines of like he considers them a pop band really like really that's cool yeah because like I was, I was asking about like um who produced their album and stuff and he was saying it like 
um the stuff that does the guy does his solo stuff is like he's more from a pop poppy background but he's like he's like i consider us just making pop music anyway it was just it's just with the punk yeah. soundtrack it's yeah i know what you mean yeah it's like so our drums are punk our bass is pop our singing's pop <laughs> our guitar's punk yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else I was going to say on that. And yeah. I can take a wee break in that time in here. Yeah, that's fair enough. Sure, we can go into the kitchen, go into your room or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, we got it. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah, so... That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I realized we kind of did this episode arseways. We usually start with like... um what we've been up to and then end with music but yeah sure. we're gonna start with the catch-up and then go with it yeah but sure it, it flowed well it flowed. actually we did start with it we started with what we were doing mm. we went to the pub last no night. no i believe you started with what we were at oh uh ding 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 you said uh, the name of the movie uh, <laughs> take a shot <laughs> um edit this out but do a line <laughs> please, please a line dance out. i do love line dancing Especially on cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) So you may have noticed that I didn't actually edit that out, even though Thomas asked me to. And it pains me to even have to say this, but it was a joke. We never have, nor ever will, line dance. <laughs> that makes me think. I was was, uh, was, was reading thing on Reddit recently, and they were like, uh, they were ask ask Reddit was like, what songs are about drugs? And the first cop comment was, "Bear with me here, but cocaine by Eric Clapton." <laughs> uh, Space Cowboy. That's definitely about drugs. Uh, a funny one I did know was about drugs, which is actually about cocaine. Is there she goes. Okay. That's actually apparently about cocaine and like all up in my brain, and it's all about taking cocaine and just you just keep taking it and taking it. That's apparently because there she goes, there she goes so quickly. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Odd, odd one, isn't it? Yeah, then, then there was another one, like Golden Brown with Strangers. Like, well, that's too fucking obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one person was like, no, that's actually about girls, not about heroin. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, go for it. Oh, I try and roll fag. <laughs> oh, dear God. Baby Jesus. Oh, that's sweet. I have my here. Yeah, Joe Rogan doesn't even have that, like, yeah. on deck fag roller. <laughs> Sorry, homosexual roller. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, in our country, it's not a thing. It's yeah, like, it's fine. Yeah. Don't cancel us. Lindsay Ellis, don't cancel us. <laughs> it's a private joke that was done off air. <laughs> yeah. I will have to cut that. Yeah. Not for not for censorship, just because it doesn't make any goddamn sense. sense. <laughs> um, we went to the pub last night. Yes, we did, and it was and lovely. We got back and we watched some Sean Locke. Yes, we Rest did. In Which, peace. Yes, in peace. He's very unfortunate, and it was very good. And we, we remember the it thing. It was unsurprisingly brilliant, even uh, though we hadn't seen it before. It was like yeah. it was um, the most surprising thing for me was he took out the book and he did he shouted out seat numbers. And yeah. he, he asked the, the person in the seat to give him uh, a letter and then he would go to like whatever in his book and he would pick out and do yeah, something. Yeah, he'd go like, like when, when someone was like X for X-ray or whatever and then he like went on. He, he, he took a piss. He was like, oh, actually, oh, yeah. trying to, trying to go, go off the wall and then he went and he did a joke about X-rays. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, you can't do this thing too. He's like, the, the guy that said tits was so funny. Yeah. yeah. He's like, tits is like, do you think I'd have one on tits, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes over to his wee book and he flips through the pages and then he stands there and goes, 
tits. What are they all about? <laughs> <laughs> it was so that for like everyone. We just be like, what are they all about? <laughs> but, but every single time it was golden. Like it, it was, was just so well done. Like. It's funny because there was a thing. He basically did the thing that I had been. We'd been chatting about him in the pub. I think mm. that's probably where we came up with the idea. Was it? To watch his stuff when we got Yeah, home. I think it was because you yeah. were like, I actually have a lot of his stuff downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, legally uh, procured. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we can download stuff legally. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. I'm just clarifying that that's exactly it's just what I did. A, you see, if you want to download it illegally, what you have to do is go www. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, if we should watch that last night. It was fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, that's what I was going to say. The, the thing I'd mentioned that I'd noticed him doing on the other clips I'd watched, it's like where it's like he starts off and he doesn't know where the punchline is but then you can kind of see him getting, getting yeah it. figuring it out yeah so he's he was you could kind of see him doing that same thing it's like he'd start talking not know where he was going and then but somehow always land on a punchline it was great like but it was just a skill yeah but um just master of the improv yeah, yeah because brilliant. like uh, to be honest because like obviously most of my experience with Sean, uh, i'd never actually watched any of his stand-ups we watched yeah. we watched Lockopedia. And because you know you'd know him obviously from like eight out of ten cats and QI and stuff like that, and he was excellent. And see him the odd time on like live with the Apollo, yeah, we things like that. But like, never watched a full hour stand up or whatever. Yeah. That was actually over an hour, I think. That was it not? I think it might have been. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, I think it might have been, which is also very impressive. Because I always find any stand that goes over an hour is usually very impressive because it's you seems to be not the thing that you do sort of because it's like yeah. an hour is usually what you fill out. But um, yeah, it was very good. It was very like obviously you know he's um he was who he was for a reason uh you know that kind of a way yeah. there's a you know there's kind of reason why he's so good but it still doesn't mean i couldn't have been impressed with the fact that yeah. i knew that he's a uh, a legend yeah like i think i was saying to you last night i didn't realize until like i kind of heard the news obviously and just kind of thought about it over the last like few days watching stuff and i was like this man has brought a lot of joy to my life over the years yeah. like so he, he like he's uh, uh, has always been my highlight like that's if, that's why I tuned into like eight out of ten cats does countdown mainly for but like he was his irreverence like. but like him on like Mark the Week or like I've seen Ivan Apollo or QI or eight out of ten cats yeah he was consistent. he was always like, anytime he was on QI it was like those episodes no, but, no, were always he, like above and beyond for me and but he was always consistently yeah. brilliant and always consistently funny and then sometimes even whenever his jokes were essentially bad he knew how to make them funny as well. Because I remember even watching somebody many times cats and it, like it didn't do well and he was like he would just say something or do something that then would make it funny anyway you know it didn't matter yeah. it, he was essentially impervious because it didn't matter what he did he was he was professional enough essentially yeah. to let it work but um yes with that and then we watched uh, when nature calls the second <laughs> adventure, adventure which uh, and then I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning covered in wine yeah and I was passed out in the Cut couch. That out. <laughs> Yeah, I must have fallen asleep with like the wine still in my hand. Uh, and for <laughs> and for some reason, I had a wet bum, and I have no idea why. They didn't have any wet on the front, but just <laughs> in my ass was pure wet. It's like I pissed myself in my bum, and I have no idea how. I obviously, didn't. I obviously, spilled something on myself, but I'm just like, how did I manage to spill something only on my ass? I don't understand at all. Like, yeah, yeah. I wish I knew. Like. <laughs> I know everyone's in suspense. I've washed the shirt. It's fine. <laughs> the wine is And I've washed my ass. It's fine, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's not sticky anymore. Stop bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's still there. <laughs> so, um, 
Watch anything else good recently? Uh, well, it's the same. I watched. See, I, see, I, yeah, I, watched uh, I watched all of Disenchantment finally, which I didn't kind of like. Almost really like at the start, and then it gets better as it goes on. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to the part four. So yeah, it actually it gets better as it goes on. How and many seasons are there? There's uh, it, it's there's three at the moment, but there's oh, a fourth there? one coming out early next year, I think. Or it's either I think it's in production now, but um. Yeah, so like didn't really get into it, and of course like we love the Simpsons, and then Futurama is one of my favorite shows of all time, and I think one of the best written shows of all time, which we've talked about many Everyone, times on this podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably know. That <laughs> yeah, <already. laughs> exactly. Yeah, but um, I can see that I think they're because I think because like obviously Futurama, then they went later on in the later seasons of more of an overarching story, and they're doing that with this, and it seems like they definitely know what they're doing and where they're going, and some episodes could be even like condensed almost into like a three or four part episode or there's like uh-huh. still continues on but it, there's like a certain goal or thing set and I actually really enjoyed it yeah I would uh, but I definitely recommend it gets better because it kind of got a bad yeah, a bit of bad press at the start which I think was one of the things that turned me off it and then I was just getting bored and I put it back on I was like this is actually not yeah, it, was, like, it was just in, like as soon as it was announced I, I was immediately prejudiced I was just like that's not going to be any good mm. it's like and I think a lot of people probably had the same kind of preconception, like just that, like wasn't going to be good. But I will, I will give it a go on your recommendation. And then I'm trying to think, anything else that I watched? Um, oh, I probably did, but here, here, I don't know. All I can say is I got Marvel Unlimited, and I've read about a hundred Star Wars comics this <laughs> week. <laughs> nice, uh, very good. Um, what about you? Anything recently? Um, well. You reminded me earlier, actually, the conversation about like creativity and stuff. I watched the new uh, documentary on Val Kilmer called Val. Oh, yeah. I found it really good, actually. Um, it's interesting because he happened to... He says in it he was the first person he knew that owned a like a camcorder. So he basically has documented his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like There's like all this behind-the-scene footage of him like hanging out with... like kevin bacon and people like that like and just all this stuff over the years and yeah it's great like and um it's sad too because i don't know if you know but he got uh, throat cancer Mm. there a few years ago and he can't actually talk properly in it um he's got like a hole in his like a a plastic tube in his throat yeah which he has to touch with his finger to actually speak wow i didn't know that that's horrible yeah and it's very like hoarse and raspy as you'd expect but his son narrates the documentary and his son sounds quite like him especially him younger so it adds this sort of youthful element to it yeah yeah. and this poignancy and this cross-generational thing and there's a lot of footage of him and his son just hanging out like and it's really sweet like and yeah it's just uh it's really good like and it's just about like a guy who Went to his dream essentially. Yeah, and like just loves acting and like, um, yeah, it was really good. And I think for anyone who's like a creative person, I think especially will really enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say what I found funny because you mentioned Val Kilmer, just kind of kind of off tides, but not really. But on the Patreon exclusive Razor Lost Can't Like Glass, you may remember parties. him when we watched uh, Top Secret. That's the secret, yeah. <laughs> best uh, one of the best of all those all you fans of the show but uh, uh, keeping up but uh, <laughs> keeping up at home <laughs> ellie on readers of lost continent has a character and she's called cal vilmer <laughs> just sorry that, that is an offshoot of uh glass the glass cannon, cannon podcast yeah. on Andrews and aliens yeah they're a patreon exclusive which i call back <laughs> yeah which i say every episode but um uh yeah i can't remember uh, something i'll say but it's gone <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> Cut that. Um, <laughs> I watched a couple of movies recently too, and both of, both of them I had that experience while watching where it's like, which I had with Top Secret as well, where during watching it, I was like, I'm watching one of my favorite movies right now yeah, for the yeah, first yeah. time. And the first one was Broadcast News. You heard that? Never seen it, no. It's really good. It's got, um, what's her name? Holly Hunter, is it? Holly Hunter? Holly Hunter. Oh, She's the tell. voice of uh, Mrs. Incredible. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That actress. <laughs> She's in it. And um, something Brooks. What's his name? Mel Brooks? No. Max Brooks? Don't even know this person. <laughs> Greg Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> James Brooks. Thomas Brooks. Humphrey Brooks. Owen Brooks. Kim Brooks. <laughs> I can't remember it. Not really important, I'm just naming actors in the movie, but anyway, it's very good. Um, yeah, it's like one that I heard about a long time ago and knew it was supposed to be really good, but only, I don't know, just took me that long to be like, you know what, I'm finding the mood to watch it. And then, yeah, just watching it, I was like, this is fantastic. Mm. One of those ones that's like good sort of drama, sort of, it's like Holly Hunt's, I think it's Hunt, not Hunter, hopefully. I'm going for it anyway. The first name's <laughs> Holly anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, her character is like she is really passionate about the news and like the integrity of the news and she's against like the sort of over like emotional and manipulative stuff and all fake news you mean <laughs> essentially yes uh, and then um, another actor who I've seen a lot I don't know his name I think he was in um, The Big Chill as well um, probably no one seen him. Anyway, he's like a he's like an an anchor that comes from a local station up to the big one. He's like, and he's kind of like fresh and so part of it is their relationship with each other as they get to know each other and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's just just great. Like, I don't know, I don't even know what genre to be called. You could classify it as a rom com, I guess. Like the comedy for me was not a lot, but there were times where I really laughed hard, mm. just at random things. Um, yeah, just check it out. And the other one was a movie called Carnage, which is based on a play. And essentially, just four actors in the in the whole thing. It's uh, Jodie Foster and John C. Reilly, their two parents, and Christoph Waltz and Kate Winslet are another two parents and. What happens is one of their sons hits the other son with a stick and knocks out two teeth and they get together to try to uh, amiably reconcile the situation uh, and uh, that's the whole movie, <laughs> basically. Um, and it's just like, it's really like sort of awkwardly hilarious and just like there's a couple of parts where it's so like fast paced and stuff. Uh, there's times where I just like, something funny would happen, I would just rewind it a little bit just to see like there's a simple simple example where like uh, John C. Reilly keeps wanting to have a drink and it's like, Who, who's having a drink? Uh, someone gonna have a drink and you just see like uh, Christoph Waltz and just quickly puts up one finger. He's just like me. <laughs> and it's just like the way it's timed and done. I was just like, that's hilarious. Like I was like laughing my ass off. And it's that good. It's like all really great performances as well by all the, all the actors. And yeah, just great, great stuff. And it's quite short too. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. Mm. Um, yeah, this is really good. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of it's just, it's just four people in like a room, kind of that kind of like 
boxed in, but like in, in like that's the purpose, like because then, yeah. then you get more into like what they're doing, kind of thing. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. It's very like it. It, it, it sounds felt, very indie for what it, for yeah. how many big actors are in well, it, too. it. Like it feels like a play because like those are the kind of uh, those are the sort of criteria people do when they're making a play a lot. It's like it'll be. You can't have you can't have yeah. Like, yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah you can't have you can't have more than like a few locations really because you yeah, can't change like, the sets too much and it's the the focus is the performances and the how like intricately woven they are like I, I like watching it, I was like I'd love to see this actually as a play because like when you see that kind of like thing done live too with like everyone like the when everyone's really on cue and stuff it's it adds a whole other mm. thing to it like in a movie there's the knowledge that like you know they could have done that however many times they wanted or whatever but like mm. yeah it's great i'll be keeping an eye out if it ever comes later can you <laughs> i'm sure be an we should be on ourselves yeah yeah we should <laughs> but we'll be the next Carnegie hall at the <laughs> um do i think anything else about a watch recently i don't really think so um, I haven't been watching much recently, I don't think. Um, but I know there is something. <laughs> I watched uh, I May Destroy You. Please that don't. was really good. I may. Please don't. <laughs> I'll think about it. At least it's not the band I Will Destroy You. No? Or This, <laughs> this Will Destroy, destroy you. you. Whoops. Yeah. Brought it back. Post-track band. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> right back into it. <laughs> the thing about emo is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Again, I don't want to give too much away of that because, like, part of the what well, one of the things I really enjoyed about it is how the what it's about is kind of revealed in the first episode, and like the way it's edited and directed and all, it's really well done. So yeah. I just say check that out as well. Yeah. Oh, I did want to say um, I forgot to there. I mentioned that uh, when we said about um, fierce pit bosses, I forgot that I did actually get to play a gig recently. Oh yeah, yeah, talk about yeah. that. Um, so Darren Doherty, who was who has been on an episode, go check that out if you mm-hmm. haven't. You check that out. Um, yeah, he asked and me. If you've listened already, listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> he asked me to play uh, guitar with him. He was doing a single launch there two weeks ago. Now is it? Yeah, two weeks ago. Um, drunk on the morn. Go give that a look as well. Um, yeah, he asked me to join him, play lead guitar for five songs at the end of his set, and. Of course, I jumped at the opportunity to play some music for the first time in almost two years. And yeah, it was fantastic. And I was actually in a pub because it was in Straban where their restrictions are a bit more relaxed. The restrictions are different hours, yeah. yeah. It's funny because it's just literally separated by a bridge. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say, what I remembered is what we were actually planning to talk about because we were listening to him before we started. And it'll be interesting because Kieran's in the room, I know he's seen it too, is one of the things we were meant to bring up was Inside by Bo Burnham. Oh, yeah. Because we all watched that and... Can we talk about Inside by Bo Burnham? Yeah, I've been dying to talk about Inside by Bo Burnham. Yeah, honest, have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Because uh, it's fucking fantastic. It's that is amazing. One yeah. of the... Because uh, it's saying, I even have read, I read an article about how apparently a lot of stand-up comedians seem to think that he just did the absolute impossible. He made a stand-up set without a crowd in a room by himself. Yeah. And he also made a great album of songs yeah. <laughs> by himself in a room. And to me, like... I, I think I said this before to me as a man what I just find amazing was he actually cries in it and it's yeah. just because like one of the best things I've seen about it was somebody comment somebody described it as I thought I was going to watch a stand-up comedy show and I watched a man deal with depression and anxiety over the course of a year yeah. <laughs> and but he does it hilarious and the stuff he does that I 
I just have such a like I always really liked him, but I have such a new profound respect for that man now yeah. as well. Like I actually haven't watched this movie yet, but you know you have eighth grade. Oh yeah, it's really good too. Mm. The joke I kept making was uh I think the whole pandemic might have been worth it just for it was for, just yeah, for inside. inside yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh You said earlier too you hadn't watched any of his other stuff. Did you watch uh, Make Happy? No, no, I have. I've seen all of his stuff. Oh, you, seen, like, oh, you, you said you didn't really like it or something, did you? Or? No, no, no. I, no, I said I always liked all of his stuff. But what it was, was I just felt like this was such an incredible jump forward. Oh, okay. I always really like. I always really liked his stuff. But I just, like, and not not that his stuff, his other stuff is bad, because as I was yeah. saying, I always really liked it. But this is just, like, like two or three steps ahead. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. Like, but, like the, the reason I mentioned Make Happy was because, like, I think that's the one that's usually considered when because a lot of people really liked Make Happy yeah. and it was like because I think Watt was before it yeah and I like Watt too but apparently a lot of people don't like Watt but then they like Make Happy yeah. but then Inside to me is just I I can't understand how good that was yeah the well, music the video the 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 light because like, he had to do everything and the fact that they did do everything is just it's yeah. incredible but like I feel like uh, Make Happy was like the first step towards. Inside. Uh, inside yeah yeah like you the, know what you mean so he was starting to experiment with the form a little bit like i remember watching a video where he was talking about things like he had to like there's a camera movement where the camera moves where the audience would have been so he had to do that separately and edit it in so he, even in that he was playing with the this the recorded special versus the live if you know what i mean like yeah. things he did afterwards editing and stuff like that and yeah inside is just like that to like the, 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 the extreme to the ex- combination degree and it's it's a, yeah it's, a, it's its own thing like it's a and he's, he's nominated a, for it, six emmys and i'm like i amazing, hope he wins yeah. all fucking six <laughs> to be to be honest it's just like the entire thing is him and to do that it's just such an incredible feat i just i, I don't understand i just i yeah. almost don't understand i don't understand how he was able to pull off yeah. something that amazing like you know, even if it's half as good, I'd still be impressed. But yeah. just because uh, it's because, and it's, and it's like because it's a thing that, like, on paper, I think a lot of other comedians thought about doing that. Like, it's like, can I do like a a recorded non live special? And what he did was just make it its own thing. Like mm. that's it's a thing like, that couldn't exist any other way. But like the way, because like there's the snippets in between. Because it's not just like there's just the one where he's like you know and again and he's like recording something and he does it again or it's like him yeah. him lying on the fucking pillow and he says yeah. something and he's just like I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> just like because like what made it so good was not just all the music videos or, or what one of my favorite parts was even the reaction video to the reaction video yeah. to the reaction video which I loved was all the bits in between which is like him dealing with stuff and him being like uh, him not sure about stuff and him like just all these kind of these essentially almost outtakes but instead of even being outtakes it's more of like a glimpse behind the screen of what was actually going on because you know you could look at like white woman's instagram and it's like a hilarious thing but then it's like behind it he's fucking trying so hard to do something and it's just seeing that struggle as well like yeah like and speaking of white woman instagram which is one of my favorite songs oh yeah um video and all like it's just like perfection. whenever whenever i was watching it though i was like i was like is this a little bit too harsh or something and I, like i was and in my head i was imagining it like uh you know pro- he'll probably like say something after like sorry like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever yeah, yeah. but all he did instead was just show, show a clip of him watching the video on his laptop and that's all and i was like okay that's why he makes the big books it's yeah because like, yeah, yeah. what i would have done would probably be like more heavy-handed and actually address it where he just like had a moment of him looking thoughtful and i was like okay that's all you need to yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah that was it yeah yeah he knew yeah that's that's the the professionalism and him yeah. coming out like anything but um no i just um 
it uh, that, that that's that really like because as well. You see, I think for me because I I watched it and I you know like I live alone down last alone and like even like so like last weekend, like I uh, during my weekend because it's like my shorter weekend because I finished at like nine o'clock on a Friday and I started at quarter to seven on a Monday, which is always called my shorter weekend. Like uh, that entire weekend, I didn't talk to a single another person entirely yeah. the entire for like for about forty eight hours. But that happens to me quite often. This is like a shit part of my life. Kind of, I'm a very, I'm a pretty social person. So it's kind of probably hard for me for the past like year and a half that I've had been very very reclusive. Not that I don't like time to myself, but whenever it's forced upon you, it's a different thing. But for some reason, that special really really touched me because of. It, it's him being trapped in a room as well and I think that that's why I really appreciate it so much because I live in a I live in a two bedroom granny flat in somebody's back garden with a toilet and that's it um, and that's why it touched me so much because he is in a room with a toilet essentially where did it touch you? Mm-mm, I wish it touched me in my soul but it touched me in my butt <laughs> and made it wet <laughs> yeah yeah. apparently last night anyway <laughs> and uh, I made it bleed uh, <laughs> But um, I think it, it just really, yeah, it, it that really, is fantastic. it really resonated with me. I think because it, but I, I always say to people, it's just that bit because it's a bit before when he cries, he does a thing before it, and after he cries, and I think it's something for supposed to be a man. It's just seeing another man cry is like, it's it's it, that's not in a Hollywood movie or a yeah. movie at all. It's not any scripted perspective. It really means something. I was once told before by a friend of mine, Freya, who. I was doing her PhD in uh, sociology and stuff at the moment. She was like, uh, women cry so much. Whenever you see a woman crying in a night out, everyone just bats an eye. But if you see a man cry, everyone takes it serious because if a man is crying, that means something is really wrong. Yeah. And that's why it really touched me so much. It's like, the cu- it's like the cultural jamming or something that's like mm. that's not the way it's supposed to work and it's, then, it's completely yeah. it's completely against the cultural narrative yeah. it's it's a man being weak instead of trying to be strong yeah. and even with a man is is weak on possible crying but trying to be strong it makes more sense to the cultural narrative but a man just genuinely being open is yeah. such a, a, a so counterculture almost yeah. you know, in a sense um, if you have seen Bo Burnham Inside then I recommend Thomas Flight's video where he did a video essay on inside in the style of inside. <laughs> so like <That> class. <laughs> yeah, like there's moments where he's like, you know, he's sitting with a mic just being like, is there any point in me like actually uh like analyzing this? Because it's so meta that it almost doesn't need analysis because it's already so re- it's already so so, refer- so re- referential and, and all this here. Yeah, and then like he'll do like the same thing, like the repeating um reaction video, video thing yeah. and like all this all this it's really it's really well done yeah, that's what i really liked about repeating a reaction video is because he goes on and he goes further down the rabbit hole and he's like and i think because i'm self-aware that makes it okay yeah. for what i say he's like but it doesn't yeah and I, I'm, I'm not and like it doesn't make yeah. me any better of a person and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just gets more and more kind of depressing in a way like but in the right kind of way yeah mm. Actually, then I watch. Actually, did watch like a thing about it. It was interesting because it was, and one of the reasons I watched it because he was on it was like Bo Burnham, John Krakinski, and like two other guys I can't remember, and they were really famous too. And it was like a writers' table, and I was talking about. It, it was yeah, interesting yeah. because the, John Krakinski was on it to talk about a quiet place because like they were like yeah. one of the interesting things they were talking about him. They were like, I think uh, I remember seeing that actually. It's like after he's talking about it. Eighth grade, is he? Yeah, he is yeah. talking about eighth grade. It's actually very interesting because, like, I did like with John Quincy, he's like the guy is like the guy is presenting it. It's like, so what was it like writing a script with no dialogue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, but one of them was eighth grade, and I kind of watched more because I just watched it instead of one of them. It was very interesting because 
it, it, it's just it, it is yet again a peek behind the scenes but then again this would have been pre-inside I would love to see that kind of thing yeah, again I'm just with waiting. him talking about inside just, you know I just want Bo Burnham to like appear in a load of podcasts and talk about it mm. <laughs> I just want yeah but it seems yeah. like from watching inside I think that's the opposite of what he wants to yeah. happen <laughs> yeah uh, oh, we should we'll invite he him might, on he might do, yeah <laughs> but we don't know who we are but we know who you are. Mm. We'll send him a tweet being like, look, you have no idea who we are and we have no following, but... That would be fantastic. That, That's the kind of thing maybe he would do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but you can give us all the questions you want. I don't know. I'll just yeah. talk to you for half an hour. Yeah, shit. that'd be amazing. It'd be very... Can you imagine if we just started sh- had a conversation with Boober? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, to be honest, I, I have a notion what I would say. No, no. I'd, <laughs> I'd say it'd be, be fun, though. Yeah, I'd say it'd be fun. I'd say eventually once we got past the starstruckness, like... Yeah. Um, one thing we also have to do is a little bit of housekeeping. Um, housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> Cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we always say in work because we do housekeeping to clean out the stuff. And so it's like, well, I like clear all the cupboards because I did it on Friday. It's like, housekeeping. And then you just like go and clear a cupboard. Like, <laughs> um, Cut that out. <laughs> consider it gone. Yeah. So, so what's this housekeeping we have to do? Well, it's like we were discussing the start of um, our plans for the future of the, the podcast. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually genuinely had no idea what you meant there <laughs> to explain it. <laughs> but yeah, we were discussing it and I was saying that because we've kind of taken an accidental break for so long, we should consciously take a little break Yeah. now and this will essentially be the end of season one. Season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think it'd be good to take a break and um, even though this has been really fun, it's making me want to do more of it. I yeah, think that's exactly. a good thing too. Yeah. I, think if we, I think if we take a break... And really think about what we want to do. And when we come back, hopefully things can be even better. St- study up on the war in Afghanistan. Study <laughs> up on COVID. Study up on the Israel-Palestine conflict. You know, Northern Ireland as well. What are the kind of first steps do we have? I don't know. In, uh, in racism, bo- I suppose. We'll, uh, do you know, do you know, we'll, we, we'll uh, get an interdimensional shapeshifter on to interview and yeah, uh, things like ra- that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's about do- we'll, chat about, we'll chat about race being two white guys. We'll, uh, we'll do sexism as well, being two men. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, all, all the good stuff. <laughs> Too many women in movies, that kind of thing. Yeah, they don't. They, they need. You know, it, it's always something they're the best. They need less agency. <laughs> um, well, that's we can't use that. No, nah, nah. can't use any of that. No, no, no. Well, that's exactly that's an entire minute gone. I'll just, just, just bleep. I just beep out the last ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds good. But the only thing that we are going to do, I thought the season finale officially was going to oh, yeah. be. Fast and Furious yeah. Marathon, which that's we're going to watch. I was going to get to that. Yeah, oh, for you, sir. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to you, sir. Cut that out, too. Yeah, yeah, bleep the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I think just it'd be good if we take the time and use the break to like sort of brainstorm and uh, come up with ideas, see if we can come up with some new new ideas to make it you're gonna better. Hate, you're going to hate me when I come up with an, the history of Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> Some new ideas to come back with. Uh, some yeah. new jokes for Thomas. <laughs> Man, I haven't had any new jokes in 27... No, sorry, I've only been speaking for 25 years. Have I had any new jokes for 25 years? It feels like longer, trust <laughs> me. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> That's what the people come here for, that comfort, that reliability. Yeah. Um, but Hopefully anyway. we'll do a few more, or I'll do a few more, like, uh, sidetracked in the meantime to keep you... Keep us afloat? Yeah. Yeah, but that sounds good, yeah. But anyway, so yes. do you want to get into do what want, the season want, finale will be? Do you want to announce it? 
Okay, so you do it. The season finale will be as me and Owen are going to watch every single Fast and Furious movie separate, and then probably watch every one together. <laughs> but no, we're not doing that last part. <laughs> no, okay, we're not doing that last part, but we are probably going to watch Tokyo Drift like nine times. <laughs> Uh, look, okay, I've only actually... Would you make a commentary track for Tokyo Drift? Oh, yeah, I would definitely do that. Like, okay, I think I think me and I wanted to see him. Oh, we should do both. Okay, hang on. Let's just hire a podcast just made everyone yeah. on the fly. So what, so what we'll do is we'll watch... Me and Thomas will see each other in two weeks' time. Two weeks' time, yeah. And in that time, we will watch 10... Fast and Furious movies is that? Oh, ten yeah, because Hobbs and Shaw. I always forget Hobbs and Shaw. I don't know if I don't know if we, I don't know if we can watch F nine or not. It's probably on streaming somewhere. Yeah, it's probably somewhere. Yeah. yeah so F one to nine plus Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. And then we and I'm Jason Statham. You're The Rock. Oh yeah. So because because we don't actually have because we've only watched the first three. We have no idea who the fuck these guys are. <laughs> yeah, I don't so know. So I'm that. entirely voting for Jason Statham without knowing who he is, and then Owen is now entirely voting for The Rock, and we have no idea who he okay. is. Okay. So. Well, I, I've decided that, and I've just told you that. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but as an extra twist, we will put Tokyo Drift on in the background while we record the podcast. So the podcast will serve <laughs> as a commentary track for Tokyo, Tokyo Drift, Drift, our favorite fast movie. <laughs> yeah, like I've actually only seen the first three. <laughs> But Tokyo Drift is still my fucking favorite. Like, I love it. Heaven, like, I know. It's so funny that we both got such a soft spot for it. I know. I got it's the, just such a class movie. I got, the, <laughs> I got the DVD for Christmas, like, and when I was wee or whenever it came out, I suppose. And yeah, I just, like, watched it all the time. I loved it. Great soundtrack. Yeah, but one of my favorite lines in any movie is, what do you think DK stands for? Donkey Kong, Drift King. <laughs> it's just like, Drift? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but even the opening scene, he just destroys an entire fucking house in the state, and it's like, send him to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> He's their problem now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's gonna be fun. We're gonna leave you on a high note for sticking with us for this. Yeah. Been over a year now. Well, yeah. It's pretty good. Thank you, Moro. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be here without you. <laughs> you have to have one listener. I think to stay alive on whatever the fuck we're on. What is it again? And this, <laughs> this was also, uh, it was Davin uh, artwork. Oh, Davin Davino, who I must give a big shout out and say thank you. I've, I've, I've never met you or talked to you, but that artwork really made my heart swell. That was amazing. Yeah. I absolutely that, fucking, that did make me feel so good. And that kind of made us like there and then. It was like, okay, we have to do we a have fast to do this. Yeah, special. Yeah. Can't wait to see him go to fucking space. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That'll do us, I think. This is, this is the family signing off. <laughs> this podcast has actually been about family this whole, whole time.